Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Mad Get Radio episode number 43. On tonight's show, we are talking about the rodents of unusual size. That's right, 12 weeks late, we have our Vermin Swarm review. And joining us on the show tonight, we have the one, the only, Mr John T. Say hi, John. Hi everyone, how's it going? And we are also joined by probably the most handsome man in Scandinavia. And he was so handsome, he was chased out of Scandinavia and he's now spreading the Ninth Age Gospel in Munich. It is the one and only Casimir. How's it going? It's going well, especially after that intro. Although I think maybe Henry gives me like a little bit of a run for my money because he also lives in Scandinavia. So Yeah, he's a filthy Englishman though, isn't he? So. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah. Can't say I'm too happy with, uh, with the difference <laughs> in intros there. <laughs> you've already been on, you've had your shot. See, when, when Kaz gets on next time, I'm not even going to bat an eyelid. I wouldn't even introduce him. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. you're lucky you never got referred to as that mouth breather that was on last time. <laughs> Speaking of which, welcome in, uh, John T to the show. Uh, we've uh, made some technical changes so that that shouldn't happen again. Uh, and John has assured us that he's not going to run up any stairs during yep. the recording of this podcast, so we should be okay. Um, and as always, I am joined by the Inigo to my Fezzik. It is the one, the only, Mr. Paul. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, hey, how's it going, guys? Good to be back. It's been a while. Slide dig there. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a dig at me more than anyone else. Like, yeah. So who, who is at fault here, actually? Between it's the two probably me, to be fair. Um, I'll well, be Andrew because he's willing to take the hit. Yeah, I mean, we've had this. Uh, We've had this podcast booked for like what three, four weeks now, uh, and various things have gotten the way. So I we are. I bear some responsibility for that. I've, I've I, I wasn't going to point the finger. Weeks, but yeah. I think three weeks is my total. <laughs> I had considered joking around and cancelling, pretending to cancel this week. <laughs> Would have been poorly received. Did you have a nice dinner last week? That's probably the first point oh, we want to cover. It, it was class. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I went to for any, oh, some some obscure Liverpool trivia. I went to Roski. Very, very good for anyone in Liverpool. Go Roski. There you go. This is so, why the people listen. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I want to know is that you told us, like, oh, it's my birthday dinner, so I can't have a podcast. So I just want to know, did you ac- actually schedule the podcast on your birthday before your <laughs> partner was like, no, 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 we have to actually do something? Uh, no. So so my birthday is actually uh, August, but um, I was pinged on the um, – tracking tra- track and trace app on my birthday ah, okay. so we couldn't go to the restaurant ah, okay. and this was the closest day we could reschedule to yeah yeah i'm not i'm not that incompetent but okay. that, makes more <laughs> sense. that makes more sense well gentlemen we have assembled assembled fucking hell i've only had like two sips it's gonna be one of those <laughs> i have assembled you here tonight uh because you are our crack squad for discussing all things ratty and uh, the, the people listening to the show will already be aware that tonight we are going to be talking all about the new Vermin Swarm book. Now, this isn't going to operate like some of our previous army book reviews because we had some feedback that it was shit. So we're not going to we're not going to do it that way. We're going to be a little bit more thematic because, you know, there's been reviews where they've gone through each entry one by one. So we're going to be a bit more kind of 
big picture, uh, talk about, you know, more general aspects and then kind of focus in on personal um, points and things like that. So it should be a good laugh. Uh, make sure you've got a beer and got a, a paintbrush um, and we hope you enjoy the show. But before we get into the kind of meat and bones of it all, uh, we best just have a quick catch up. So we'll start with Paolo. What have you been up to? I mean, in terms of hobby, very little. Um, I have totally abandoned the whole painting um, fucking thing. What is it? What have we got going? <laughs> Fuck, I've only had like three sips of a whiskey. My mind's gone as well. Yeah, the, uh, the painting league. Yeah, the painting league. That has taken a bit of a nosedive. Mm. I was quite productive last month. I built quite a lot. Like I got my kin eaters done. I got another rock rock done. I got some Tuskers done and then I, I did like a really simple kit bash for a mounted Mammoth Hunter. And then I had grand ambitions about priming it all and doing my green stuffing and then starting painting. But since most of my hobby stuff is in the shed, I have yet to like bring it back inside and set up like a new little nest where I can paint and get back into the hobby. So I've just been distracted with other real world events like painting rooms and boring trying, hobby. Yeah, trying to put up fucking cat shelves. Um <laughs> so like yeah, not done not done very much, but I'm I'm building it up again. I'm I'm envisaging painting my kin eaters. That's gonna be the next thing on the on the painting table. Nice. What, what are you using for your uh, kin eaters for? I remember you umming and ahhing about them. Yeah, I'm, I've really kind of struggled to find things that I think go with the rest of the army. Like, I don't like the Gorger models, the TWU do. Um, and I'm already using the 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 Trogoths, the, the ice ones, as yetis. Otherwise, I'd probably use them as ears so i've just gone for like a really easy option and i've gone for the the fell water trogoths like the old river trolls just because they, mm. they'll go with the the other ones and they'll like obviously like the design the sculpts will go with everything else in the list and i'm just going to paint them up in like grays and light blues and just keep it like a really cool palette um and i'll maybe make the bases a little bit more um extra extravagant just to make them look a little bit more special but um i just did that out of convenience because it's like 30 quid for three models and that's Mm -hmm. all i need so it's quite i think next year the plan is to invest in a 3d printer so then i might i might update my kinetor selection when i've got a better choice um does does it count as does, does it count as saving money if you've already spent the money on the models (laughs) <laughs> good point it's, well i mean the, the the point of buying the 3d printer is is for a new army that's for yeah, a widow army <laughs> so you've got to spend money to save money john t right it's very complicated uh, think of all the sex toys you can make as well inside or something oh god yeah. you have to invest in some some very flexible resin yeah that's true <laughs> like don't cure it too long yeah that's not- <laughs> But yeah, I think I'm happy enough with them. But um, yeah, I was just kind of stuck, and I just I just went with them out of convenience more than anything else. So that's kind of what I'm gearing towards next. I've also got those fucking mantic giants, but I'm going to have to buy more paint because they're fucking massive. They're the size of my house. <laughs> How big are they? They're fucking huge. <laughs> like, yeah, they're yeah, like big. twelve, thirty, like ten inches maybe or eleven or something. I think they're quite. They're 
like I specifically went with the Mantic ones because like I want them to be bigger than like the Rocker Rock, and like they're definitely bigger than the Rocker Rock. Yeah. Like if these if this thing falls over, it's gonna fucking like <laughs> break the table. So, um, I've got them today as well. No, these these ones are special. These are like tough eight. Yeah, these are like toughness eight. Yeah. Twenty wins. This is Age of Sigmar numbers. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, yeah, not not a ton of hobby. What about you? Um, I was gonna ask Kaz first and then go to Jonty because I think Jonty might have done less hobby than me. So then I was <laughs> I was I was gonna bring it up at the end with a little bit okay. of Okay, then we'll go with that then. But, uh, yeah. So Kaz. Yeah. You, you go. I know you've been doing lots of hobbies, so you can tell us all about that. Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, one of the the good things about moving somewhere new during like pseudo Corona times, and your partner hasn't come with you yet, is that you have a lot of time to paint. So, <laughs> I've uh, I've been working away at like getting my like tournament list uh, dwarf army completely painted, so I don't need to. Like, the goal is to not have to stress the next time I you know decide to go to a big event uh, that has painting requirements. Yeah. So. I, Finished off uh, my anvil uh, recently, just uh, the other day. Uh, so I have like this, um, the old school one where the uh, really derpy uh, room priest is, is standing on top of the <laughs> anvil, uh, just like screaming into the wind or something. Uh, I was quite happy with that. Uh, I also bought like a Vengeance Seeker from, um, what are they called, Mom Miniatures, I think. Oh, nice. It's, uh, yeah, it is a 3D print actually. So before they, they sold... Um, like just a, a poor resin sculpts, uh, but yeah. now they've gone over to 3D prints and it's a bit cheaper. And uh, like there is, as you get with probably most 3D prints, there's like a little bit of a, a print lines that you can see uh, on it. But once you paint it, it doesn't really like it's only when you undercoat it. If you go straight contrast paints, then you can kind of tell that uh, it's been 3D printed. But then you put some normal paint on and it's fine. So is that the? Are they selling you the 3D print, or did they sell you the STL file? And did you get that print? Uh, no, no, they sell the actual, just like a printed model for really cheap. Oh, okay. okay. Which okay. I really like because I like most other people. I've been considering getting a 3D printer, but um, with property prices, what they are in Munich, I don't think I can <laughs> like get anywhere that's big enough so I don't have to have it like in my bedroom or something. You know, <laughs> that's probably not very healthy. Just buy a 3D printer and print your own house. Yeah, <laughs> but I just don't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> No, but uh, but yeah. So so to me, I like I really hope in the future that more companies will offer that as a service here in Europe. Because uh, yeah. I know we have that uh, two guys printing or something in the US where they just uh, you know you just hand them SDL files and they just print it for you, which seems perfect because you know at some point it gets a little bit old to harass your friends to print stuff yeah. because it is kind of labor intensive uh, to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, don't and say it- that. I'm gonna. I've got to milk Guillermo dry. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, what they've, what people who have it tell me is that like it's, it's like a second hobby, right? Like you have to kind of enjoy fiddling with the settings and and playing around with it and so on. Yeah. So it's like you have to take that into account when you buy one. That's what puts me off most. I think is like all that arson about. Like I can barely get this to record for podcasts. I'm not going to be, yeah. you know, dicking around with uh, rendering and stuff like that. That's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But if anyone's interested, go on Twitter and follow Casimir at uh, Atuna. On yeah. um, on it, it's his stuff is amazing. His dwarves are fantastic. So oh, thanks, man. Go, go check thanks. them out. They are beautiful. Uh, I hope to see them on a physical table sometime soon. Yeah, and uh, I just got my ticket to uh, TEC or Tech uh, yesterday, so 
there's oh the tech controversy maybe we can talk about that later on oh, okay uh, yeah. was it a controversy interesting yeah but well because the tickets went they sold out very quickly yeah, uh, yeah like on the, the same day before yeah. like in a couple of hours or something and there's some accusations and i would never name names cough phrase uh, <laughs> has accused members of team england of uh, not being particularly honest with the ordering uh, of those tickets so i don't know maybe there's controversy there Interesting. It's interesting. Wait, is this TEC? You're talking about TEC? Yeah, yes. exactly. I'll exactly. join you there. Boo! Boo! <laughs> so, like, uh, I, I, I was, like, literally sitting at a bar in Munich with a German internet that's, like, notoriously terrible. Uh, and so I, I was, like, trying to do your PayPal money, and it just, like, was taking, like, four minutes to load the page. And I was like, come on, please, let me buy. But in the end, in the end I managed, so. Well, if you're terrible German Wi-Fi just got you through Frazzy's Glasgow Wi-Fi apparently it was just not good enough <laughs> he's sharing it with like a family of 10 next door is it sharing if you're stealing the family of 10 next door's Wi-Fi I'm pretty sure they're stealing from him to be fair he does pretty well oh, for himself oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah but uh yeah so there, there's a few disappointed boys out there but uh I'm sure there'll be extra tickets as we get closer yeah uh, fuck team fuck them yeah fuck team england i mean fucking the prices like i don't mind saying it. anyone at team england the prices are ridiculous like, i hope tanker sorted out the price support come on uh, tanker so what like that there's no prices or there's too much like i literally didn't read any pack or anything oh remember kaz when we were there and uh-huh. it was like cupcakes for best in race and shit like that oh yeah yeah like, that's true uh, like 80 man events come on lads stop being so yeah. stingy <laughs> Anyway, I'm, no, I'm, I'm holding out for an eight for the, for them opening up to eighty uh, tickets. I I got an early night's sleep for the first time in like months last night, and that was when tickets went on sale. I woke up to like a bunch of messages from everyone in Liverpool being like, "You're gonna miss a ticket." <laughs> Bad decision. Yeah. Bad decision. Shit. Oh well. No, I'm sure they. I'm. I think they're being conservative just now, and they'll probably just add in. Yeah slots as we get closer yeah you well, don't want to have to kick people out because of new covid whatever exactly starts. yeah exactly yeah so fingers crossed um jaunty what you've been up to hobby wise uh um well you know what i i i've been i, I made a bit of a promise to myself that like i'm only going to do hobby when i'm in the mood and <laughs> that's a terrible <laughs> promise <dude. laughs> that's terrible well, um, so, so uh, you know, on the painting front, I've actually not done, you know what, I've not done any painting for maybe a month and a half now, but I have done loads of building and converting. I um, wanted, this year, I set out with like the plans of like painting a new army and then um, realised that lockdown won't last forever and eventually I'll have to get a job. And so I got a job <laughs> and realized that you have to actually, you can't just spend all day painting. Um, and ever since, ever since working, I've just been enjoying uh, building stuff and I've really gotten into sculpting. That's, that's oh, like, cool. so I, I've been using uh, like a lot of milliput and green stuff to kind of build new uh, minis and all of the, um, well, a lot of the new entries in the Vermin book kind of lend themselves quite well to conversions. Yeah. So, like, I've built two... In the past month, I've built two Earthbreakers. Um, like, I just built 20... I just converted 20 um, Velites and uh, and maybe six weapon teams. So, Are they not pronounced uh, Velites? 
<laughs> no, no. <laughs> Looking forward to having that argument with everyone at Tees. I eventually cave and and buy a ticket. <laughs> but no, I've, so I've just been I've just been um, sculpting. I bought I bought some like sculpting tools, and it's just completely changed how enjoyable that part of the hobby is for me. So, so yeah. w- what were these new tools done, or what did you use before? Uh, so, just, yeah, I had my hands on like a little cocktail stick uh, that I would use. Um, but these are like they're kind of like paintbrushes, but they're like silicon. Yeah, they're amazing. They're they're so it, so so good. Um, and I think now that I've spent you know so many hours doing it, I'm beginning to appreciate the differences that like different sculpting like uh, materials will give you. Um, so. Yeah, I, 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 I've always feel like the sculpting element I've kind of glossed over. I'll, I mean, I'm guilty of like not um, filling in like the seams of models so that there's like gaps in there sometimes. And I feel like taking a bit more time to build something rather than just kind of hurrying to get it on the tabletop has been quite nice. Mm. Uh, so that's that's that. I'm, I'm doing this for me. So. Fuck <laughs> That's nice. Like the so I also it was it's been a, a while now, but right when the book was released, I uh, sculpted also quite a lot, uh, specifically in the Amarmilla Brute units. And uh, yeah, I remember putting the photos up. Yeah, so that was also quite fun because I to me it's the like I've always had the tools because I, I like bought them, but I, I just mm. never really enjoyed sculpting. And I think the the problem for me was that I would uh, I would like buy lots of kits to make a conversion, and then I got to the point where I had to sculpt. And yeah. then I got like, you know, I got uh, anxiety or I got nervous, you know, that it was like, oh, if I yeah. fuck this up, I spent, you know, a hundred quid on all these shits and, and now it's terrible. And then I just yeah. like put it in a box and never touched it again. Uh, but what really helped me was to realize that, you know, like I'm a grown man. I have a job now. I, <laughs> I can afford to fuck this up. So I just said yeah. like, like if it, if it turns out to be shit, I don't, I don't care. Like then, then I'll just, you know, I'll just buy a new one, whatever. Like, and that really helped to, to make it more enjoyable because then I just like, instead of worrying that it was correct all the time, I just like kind of pushed the green stuff from really put there and just like smoothed it out and played a little bit. And then suddenly it was a lot of fun. Definitely. I actually think as well, um, that vermin lend themselves really well to that. I, I forgot to mention, I've built six of the new treadmill chariots. Oh, and so that's like, like yeah. a kind of clap trapped like for, for like a clap together like unit that's meant to kind of be this rams ramshackle chariot it's great to just kit bash and kind of not really worry about them looking like they're supposed to fit because that's that's kind of the point yeah mm. so vermin are very forgiving conversion wise yeah definitely so what did you use for those then oh um i used oh some obscure 40k i used um so I wanted to have like um, like a caterpillar track, and so spent ages looking through like old World War Two stuff, but then kind of caved and bought. It's like a 40k unit, uh, uh, an Admech, the battle servitors that have mm. like yeah, um, they're like a mini tank with a person stuck out of them. And so because you you can buy a box of three for 30 quid, and you've got six caterpillar tracks there, and so I just cut them in half and then stick a bunch of like. Um, wood on top and then have like a vermin pilot or whatever in there um I, I for anyone interested in looking at these i have a uh, the vs modeling new units 
thread. That's that's mine on the ninth page. Ooh, on the third, yeah. So check that shit out. I need the traffic. <laughs> yeah, I think I've uh, I've been there. I think I've seen these. They're they're really cool. You were like one of the first guys to actually make some. I think. Oh, 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 oh. that's my claim to fame. Yeah, there you go. Get you a few more followers for your uh, OnlyFans there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Yeah, just got, let that hang. Just let that hang. <laughs> just let that hang of it. I mean, OnlyFans is uh, all clean now, so I don't yeah, know if it's... Yeah, actually, that's true. No, I mean, they, they backtracked, I think. So ah, it was just, uh, now they said is. they were just cleaning up you know, illegal stuff like necrophilia or whatever. Oh, necrophilia? No one ever got hurt by a little bit of necrophilia. <laughs> um, on that point of necrophilia, uh, my hobby has been actually all right. Actually all right. Um, the year of the terrain is actually underway. Um, I have painted most of the terrain now. I've, I've I put an order in with Element Games to get a big pot of the um, Army Painter uh, Strong Tone, just for like washing okay. the the big pieces of terrain. Yeah. And I put that in four weeks ago, and it still hasn't arrived. So I've like I've got everything basically done. It just needs kind of basin done, and you know a couple washes and finishing touches. But uh, until that arrives, it's all kind of like laid out of a painting table waiting. Um, and then I decided a week out from submitting a list for Sterling next uh, week for uh, War in the North um, mm. that I was going to take a fell wraith on a Monstrous Revenant, despite the fact that I do not have a fell wraith on a Monstrous Revenant. So I had to quickly buy one of them without uh, telling Jordan. Yep. Uh, sneak it through the post in the morning and uh, it is now mostly painted so I should get that finished over the weekend so it's actually what are you, what are you using for that? Uh, the Nighthaunt guy uh, Raikonor, the Grimhaler oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that model is so good yeah, well okay good. so this is the, the model is awesome, the sculpt is, is, is so nice, however the Games Workshop easy to build sets <laughs> not are not build. easy to build <laughs> they are terrible they just don't fit i had to like cut all the um because it's all like the little pegs right that like are meant to slot seamlessly together yeah. they do not slot seamlessly together and there's just a lot of swearing and super glue mm. so i've ended up just like clipping them all and like jarring them together and then using like plastic putty to fill the massive gaping holes <laughs> that are caused but uh yeah so he's almost done it. i'm pretty happy with him so are you using Actually, super glue on plastic miniatures like yeah, a madman? Yeah, I do that all the time. Is that weird? Are you nuts? What are you doing? Yeah. Why is that weird? Because plastic glue is just so much more convenient, and it's like it removes all the seams. If you put like a like a hobby tip is to uh, to put like a little bit of extra plastic glue on a on a seam, and then you let it dry, and then you scrape it off with your scalpel, and it's just like like as as if you fill the gap with green stuff. What? Yeah, it works wonderful. Yeah, if if people buy Tamiya extra thin, like that that plastic glue is unbelievable. Did you know this, Paul? I tend to use like proper plastic glue with like the GW stuff. I've got a load of like super glue there, but that's only because I bought a load of that Chinese stuff through Martin, and you can't use the plastic glue with that. Oh god. Oh god, please Scotland they're gonna be knocking on Martin's door now. <laughs> <laughs> I love name names. 
okay. Yeah, yeah, it's that's like a really uh, good hobby tip because like what the what the plastic glue does right is that it melts a little bit of the plastic. Uh, so that's what happens in that gap is that the plastic melts and and like forms a, a like a solid thing that you can then like file down to become smooth. I did not know this. Oh mate, change your life. This is this oh, the yeah. God. If only I hadn't painted two full armies by this point. You're gonna have to start all over again. <laughs> You're gonna have to throw it all away. Then it all start again. A hundred zombies, a uh, hundred skeletons. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> God. But uh, yeah, so hobbies on the up and up. Um, although I think the the Wildlands Painting League has taken a bit of a hit over the last couple of months because yeah. everyone seems to have just got busy simultaneously. Simon's For, been holding it down. Yeah, he's yes. been pumping out the the weird ass minis. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, I should actually put updates because I have actually been doing stuff. Yeah, the airbrush out, didn't you? Oh, fuck me, man. Casimir, do you use the airbrush? Uh, yeah, like, unfortunately, I haven't been able to move it uh, down to Munich yet because I, I haven't, like, made the big move with all my stuff. I just right. came with a suitcase. But, but yeah, I have one. What do you think of it? So it's, it's like, definitely another one of those things that when you buy it, like, I, the funny thing is I bought it, like, a long time ago, and then I, like, used it very little for years until I, like, actually put the effort in to, like, learn how to use it. And it, so, again, it probably, like, takes more time than you would think to learn how to use it, basically. Right. But 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 there's definitely some tricks to make it better. Like, uh, uh, for example, like, learning how to clean it uh, properly so you have, like, less jamming and stuff. That, that helps so much. <laughs> I love much. how you brought that up. I love yeah, that. Yeah, because this is, the, this is the problem I had every time. Like, I still have it a little bit that every time I take out the airbrush... Like somehow there's like a little bit of paint left that's like dried the needle uh, stuck and you have to like spend lots of time to get the needle out without breaking the airbrush, shit like that. Um, and another thing I would say is like either just buying pre-thinned paint or making sure you thin the paint in like a separate container because like some people they say like, I'll just thin the paint in the cup, it'll be great. Like that shit does not work. Like you always get some thick paint like into the airbrush and it dries there and you have a jam and you spend like an hour trying to fix it. Yeah. It's, like it's just better to just buy like buy stuff that's does really work for the airbrush or like use inks or something. So I kind of decided with the terrain that I was going to give because I got an airbrush like years ago, just like you. And I was like this, like when I got it, I was like, I'm going to try and get good with this. I used it like two, three times and I was like, this is just shite. I'm not using yeah. this anymore. Um, and then with the the terrain, I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to try the airbrush again and get good at the basic stuff. Um, and at first, the airbrush wasn't working because basically it turns out that I wasn't cleaning it properly when I was using it originally. So like, I had to video call Martin, and he like talked me through <laughs> how to deep clean an airbrush. Nice. Uh, there was a lot of like, you're a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as I was deconstructing my uh, airbrush, but I got it working, and then it was great for like. 10 minutes and then it started jamming again and it's just i just feel that the effect is great but the the amount of time that you put into maintaining and cleaning the airbrush just makes it not worth it just get the brush you're not yeah. using the right paints for sure man you've got to you've got to buy like specialized even don't be i think people are fooled by the like airbrush thinner paint thing. so i was using but... the vallejo air stuff with thinner in it as well yeah, yeah. My, so my old man uses an airbrush because he does like historical minis, and he completely swears by uh, Tamir. Uh, he's there like it's the only one that like you don't have to religiously. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. It's because it's all about the pigment in the in the pot. Sorry, Cass, I was cut you off. No, 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 good. Uh, like, uh, I was I was just going to add that I would also that, that's a really good recommendation, and also just getting inks because inks are not. Uh, so the difference, right, is that an ink is a dye, which means that it's like a, a colored liquid, whereas a normal paint is pigment suspended in some yeah. kind of medium, and that means that if you use inks, they they are usually don't cover as well as normal paint, but that's not an issue with an airbrush because you can just, you know, like spray another layer or get a blend or whatever. But that also makes sure that they just don't clog the airbrush at all. Right, okay. You can get them at like an artist store or something because I don't actually know what they use them, I guess, in watercolor painting or something. But uh, but yeah, they sell them in most like places where you would buy like canvas and big brushes and stuff like that. So what do you use the ink for then? Is that just for like washes and stuff? Like uh, so no, that's two things. Uh, two things like uh, the main thing you would use it for is when you make the first like centiful undercoat. So you okay. you know you spray your mold black with whatever primer, and then you want to have that like uh, light coming from above, and then you use like yeah. a white ink because it uh, like it, it is it's very thin, so you don't like gunk up the model, and uh, it goes on really like nice and smoothly, and you get really good gradients. Uh, otherwise you can like you can use it to whatever color to make like a nice transition or you can also just tint a surface like you said like it's not like a wash it's more like uh, say that you made a gradient somehow in like brownish red then you want it to be more red then you just like take some red ink and you spray it with red ink and then it like it you know it pulls out the color a lot okay oh god i'm gonna have to get it back out there <laughs> yeah <sighs> It's just how right. it is, but yeah, it, it's like to be honest, I, I, just, it just takes practice. Uh, that's like that's what I found. That I, I, I was watching lots of videos, and like what they said never helped for my specific airbrush or like whatever paint I was using. I had to really like find the stuff that worked for me. I guess. I feel like I'm getting just less and less patient as I get older. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast is is quickly gonna like turn into like grumbling of thirties. Like, but I just I can't be arsed doing stuff. That's kind of my stance on 3D printing as well. It's just yeah. it's like it's just another thing to learn that that means you're in front of another computer screen, yeah. and you just you know life's just too short for this shit, man. Just just yeah. just just use a brush. <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel like I have done this before, but I feel like I need to go to like an airbrush training school. Like oh out. God. <laughs> Martin and I went to one at Common Ground, and it, it was useful, but that was right at the beginning where I was pretending to try. Um, but yeah, I maybe need to. Just, maybe buy just... Big... sorry, go, go. Sorry, I'm gonna I was just gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna give your um give your dad a call, and get him a walk. <laughs> he would love that. He would yeah. fucking love that. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll maybe that maybe be my hobby resolution. That's absolutely not gonna happen. <laughs> I, I I feel like the 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 big dry brushes that this uh, that artist Opus yeah. has been doing. Oh yeah. That's good. I would sooner go to them before before the airbrush because in terms of like just slapping on paint quick that's that for me ticks all the boxes of it's inexpensive it's not in front of any kind of machinery and it's just quiet painting time mm -hmm. that, that feels a bit more purist to me <laughs> yeah the airbrush is not cheap like you use you end up losing so much more paint than if you're painting with a brush uh, and stuff like uh, i think it's more to be honest I, like if i think it's less speed and more getting cool effects that like you making OSL easily and and like uh in on an army wide scale is really nice or yeah. you making good transitions mm -hmm. on like big pieces of cloth or skin or whatever it's, uh, that's that's where i think it really um shines i guess yeah, yeah definitely
like Drew from the Durham guys, he's really good at pumping out armies very quickly, and he uses a an airbrush. And like, I'm sure he's been to some of our events where he's been like, yeah, I've painted this in a week. Yeah. And it's really simple. Like, it's not. Is it an airbrush he uses? He uses he, like he did a. It was either demons or a sorry, an ancients army when you. And he was like, yeah, I did this in a week, and you could tell that he had done all the skin with an airbrush because it was all just like three or four colors blended together and it looked really nice because it's one of those armies that you can get away with painting super bright almost contrasting colors but it still works Mm. and um it looked really good and he just did all the skin that way and then he was like right i'll just pick out all the bone and then i'll do a few other details and when the whole army's done like that and it's based nice it looks really good it's still a fairly simple paint job but then you're doing certain steps really really quickly Especially yeah. for armies where like skin is like eighty percent of the mini. Yeah. If I and if then, I suspect people use an airbrush in a in a in a voting thing, I immediately downvote them. It's paintbrush or die for me. <laughs> He's such a snob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're competing for painting, I, I would agree to some extent, but like the the I think where the airbrush is really useful when to do high level stuff is that you get like a base uh, to work off that you can do your brushwork on. But like, yeah, like if you just yeah. spray it, it's never gonna look as good as if somebody painted it, you know, as the same type of technique by brush. I didn't really appreciate that because that's something that Martin was saying that like like Martin's just got insane with the, the airbrush and like the the stuff he puts in the group chat is just like amazing. It's and so uh, good. When when we were talking about the airbrush and he was calling me names for not cleaning it properly, <laughs> he was saying things like um, he really only uses his airbrush for like the big areas and for those mm-hmm. big kind of shades and stuff, which is something yeah. I hadn't really appreciated. I was like assuming that people were like going in and doing like the little blends on, you know, little bits of detail. And I was like, how the fuck do you do it <laughs> for this? So that even that puts me off even further because then I'm like, well, it's an hour to do that one bit with the airbrush, whereas I can just do that with a, you know a brush in five minutes. Well, yeah, but then, but then you have like so. I think the one of the best examples I managed to do is I was painting some like um, 40k dudes for uh, Kill Team, and uh, they have like the, the, I think they're Mechanicum or something, and they have these like big um, cloaks on, mm-hmm. which are like completely flat, not no texture to to mm-hmm. help your brushwork. And when I with the airbrush, I sat down and like in like 40 minutes or something, I had 10 dudes with like really good uh, like uh, yellow uh, blends on them with uh, from like a, a brownish orange color up to a really bright yellow and then suddenly that like doing that by brush would be you know it just like, looks so flat yeah yeah it would be like yeah. just hours if you like if you try to wet blend like yellow specifically and then on a flat surface it would just take forever to do no that's a good point yeah definitely mm, okay We'll we'll come back to that in a later episode, I think. I'll maybe give it another go. But uh, I'm still unconvinced, to be honest. <laughs> I think Martin has been too hard on you. I think that's what the major yeah. detractor is. It's not, because honestly, see that that night where he taught me through cleaning, he was actually amazing. Like he was an angel. He won't appreciate <laughs> me saying this on the on the the podcast because he's got a reputation to upkeep. But he was. He was so good. He was like. He taught me through how to like properly take it all apart and clean it with a little little brush thing that goes in it. it was, oh, he was he was so sweet. <laughs> right, we better talk about Vermin. Um, but before we do that, uh, speaking of Martin, actually, this is a beautiful segue. Um, <laughs> we uh, well, <laughs> um, 
we need to stop by everyone's favourite salt provider. So let's take a little trip down to the salt mine. Yeah, baby. It's salt time. So on this week's salt mine, we have a super special salt mine because we don't know what it is. Casimir has a salt mine for us and he assures us that it's not going to be inflammatory towards us. However, everyone else is fair game. So Casimir, take it away. Yeah, I mean, specifically, like specifically other people. So <laughs> I, I was going to like, uh, it's like since we pushed this forward a little bit, like it's not as fresh, like I'm not as fiery as I was when I thought about this topic. Uh, but uh, but I'm going to take it like in the pure spirit of the salt mine from Mark. And, like, I'm just going to take the time to just whine about something. That was me. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> the uh, the topic is that most players have no fucking idea where the game is going when you're playing on the table. And <laughs> why why this is a something is because this has happened to be now like a, a couple of times recently where I am losing, but but because the person I'm playing doesn't you know understand enough of the game or they can't like look too many turns in the future. They don't know that they're winning, so they're whining at me for whatever reason. Like when I was first playing the Vermin Swarm, I was like losing the, with the new book, and people were just whining at me. They were like, "Oh, the like the shooting is so good. This is so this and that, and it, this is so overpowered." While they were like taking my army off the table, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like this is it's so frustrating. Or another time, like you were, I was rolling well for like some stupid dice that don't really matter, you know. While I was losing, and the guy was like swearing and like getting really worked up, and then he, I would lose 18-2, and you're like, "Come on, like guys." <laughs> You need to start like taking a step back and don't view like the dice roll you're rolling right now as the most important thing. Like the game as a whole doesn't matter so much if you like hit four times with whatever character or yeah. you know shooting weapon or whatever. Like you need like you need to start looking one or two turns in the future. So I feel like in general people need to to stop fucking whining about the small things in the game because they're ignoring the big picture and it really like destroys the playing experience uh, for me at least, uh, where like somebody whines at you for the entire game for whatever reason, and then they end up winning. Like it's somehow better if you you know if they're actually losing because then it's like oh I'm sorry like you know I, like you're feeling this way or whatever. But when you whine and you win at the same time, that's the roughest combination. Mm. Well, Casper, that is a very good salt mine. Yeah, yeah, that's some okay. Johnny, do you want to start with that as a fellow Vermin player? Have you kind of experienced that? Because I guess uh, the Vermin players are feeling that a little bit more acutely just now because nobody knows what the fuck the new Vermin book does yet. Yeah, yeah. You know what, actually? I, as far as gen, I have a pretty good rule that I only play against, except at tournaments where I have no say who I play. I generally only play with people I get on with. In fact, I entirely I only play with people I get on with, so I've never had that kind of whining. The, I, I've seen I've seen people complain and like trash the Vermin book a lot, and then when you you know when you whip out two cannons in deployment, people are like eye rolling. But yeah, I, that that mostly happens at tournaments, right? That's 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 where that really comes into play. As a TO, I've experienced that so many times, where you just constantly listening to people whine who end up winning and then their worst win they're bad losers but they're worst winners right yeah 
Do you think some of that is like at a tournament? It's like ego. It's like, oh, I'm going to moan, but I know I'm going to win because I want it to come across like I've played better to overcome something that doesn't matter. Like they're trying to make themselves sound better. I, I actually think Kaz has hit the nail on the head of it's just that, that that's that's definitely possible and there are probably some people to do that but I think most people just can't read the game and I would I would strongly group myself in <laughs> 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 yeah we we struggle to read the game as it's going and the broad brush strokes kind of pass you by like it's, it's always difficult to, especially uh, you know when you've got an army with big bricks and it's difficult to know how long they'll hold and stuff like that. Yeah, like vermin are, are particularly, I, I guess for me it comes up in both the armies I play a lot right now because I play like a seeker heavy dwarf list and vermin and both of those are kind of very good until the point when they're not, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. like the seekers seem invincible until suddenly they're all like, in, you know, suddenly they all just die and then you're like, wait a second, I have no more combat units in my army and you just get run over, you know. And uh, and this happens, I think, also with vermin because the bricks are really hard until a point where suddenly they're like complete shit when they go below a certain number of moles. Mm. I feel like the vermin swarm book is very much at the point where, like, and obviously it's been designed this way, but it's so like dependent upon the synergy, and it's and as soon as you lose those one or two models or your unit gets to a certain level, then it just stops working and everything just goes downhill. Like it's very unforgiving once you, you reach that point if things haven't gone well in the first three or four turns. Where at least with dwarves, that's not as bad, right? Yeah, no, definitely not. They're, they're a lot more resilient and independent with their leadership and stuff like that, where it's like, yep. okay. But like, you must get some amount of hate playing dwarves and fucking Vermintsworm. How are you still <laughs> playing this game? So, like, I, I don't know, like, it's kind of hard to, you know, say this without tooting my own horn too much, but I think I'm pretty fun to play against uh, in general. And I think that's because because I, I like, consciously, like, it, to be honest, like, if I go back to when I was, like, younger, I think I wasn't as, like, I like I was a worse person to play against because I would, uh, I would take it more seriously and I would get, like, more upset when I was losing and stuff like that, but... I think that I really try to focus on remembering that, like, this is a two-player game, right? So when, you know, something bad happens to me, you know, like, I have to, I like, I have to also enjoy it in the sense that, like, that's, uh, you know, something good happening for my opponent. Like, even if you roll terribly, that's more, you know, that's like an amazing role for your opponent, if you see what I mean. Or they roll really well. It's not something to be sad of. It's like, oh, that's a really cool thing that happened in the game. And I try to, like, bring that energy, and I think that makes it so most of the time, like... I even though I might play things that other people think are are negative, like I've I've, I've people still tell me we have enjoyable games. So I think all three of you are excellent sports. I love playing all three of you. I don't think any of any of you have that problem. And I have to say that uh, Casio <laughs> proved that point perfectly when we played the other week when uh, <laughs> <laughs> Super Killy unit ran off the table turn one and his entire battle lane just folded. Yeah, I was, I was like, uh, first uh, first terror check. I'm like, oh, let's see it here on a re-roll re- in my seven. Uh, no? Oh, no, it's a six, actually. I was like, no? Oh, no, not not again. Okay, well, I guess, uh, I guess we're going off. <laughs> that was there. Like, before we played Kaz, I was texting Jonty, and I was like, because I, I hadn't played against the Vermin book before then, and I was like, I don't know what any of this does. Tell me what to do. And he was like, oh, um, well, this this will shoot you. Don't stand in front of that and he was like oh this this is really scary in combat don't fight that this stuff will bog you down 
I was like, oh god, this book seems really good. And then you just failed that first terror check. I was just like, oh, this book's shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. But like, the, to me, to me, that's like that's a good story, right? So I yeah, think that was funny. I still like it. Like, if to me, that's still very enjoyable. And then also, you can like focus on things like uh, I was focusing on, you know, not losing big, you know, when that happens, for example. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Is is that then a, a question of just sportsmanship rather than being able to read the game? Or do you think folk get too concentrated on the game and then kind of can't focus on sportsmanship? Yeah, I do. I, do. I think probably the second one where, like, to some extent, sportsmanship is, is also just, you know, like, what is your personality? Like, uh, I, I think that uh, trying to, like, uh, tell everybody that they have to play a certain way or, or act a certain way, rather, is just not going to work because, like, some people just, like, that's not how who they are and that's fine, uh, I think. But... But then, you know, like you can, if you if you know that about yourself, you can like bring that into the game where you're like, okay, well, it's fine for me to be upset, but like uh, if I'm going to be upset, then it should be like, you know, for an actual reason instead of just like being upset of something like while you're also doing well, which is like the double whammy for your opponent. Yeah. Okay. Paolo, any thoughts on any of that? Yeah, I think like what you were saying about like sportsmanship also being like personality. Like obviously within this game, just its very nature, there are a lot of like really odd people and like nerds. <laughs> That's can, such a politically correct way of saying it. Yeah, like nerds can be like really <laughs> uh, socially inept. Yeah, basically, and I think a lot of it probably stems from that but like these people that you're playing that are whining while they're still winning that are obviously not paying attention to the game do you do you find that it's almost exclusively at events or are these people that you kind of play semi-regularly that you're kind of like these people are just idiots yeah that's the weird part for me it happens much less at events and much more <laughs> okay. castle games. i think also at an event like usually you get, like it's kind of under a time pressure so it, so it finishes quickly whereas like yeah. when you're in a casual game it can start drawing out and you're there for like four or five hours and yeah. uh, especially when you be yeah, yeah exactly exactly and then it's it's kind of weird because like i don't you know like those people that i've played where this has happened they're they're otherwise great people but then like so you know something happens in the game that upsets them for whatever reason it is and yeah and they like forget the big scope they just see like you know my lord didn't do x whatever it is and they get really really mopey about it and then i think the good thing about an event is that you know the round is like three hours and you just get through it and then you don't have to talk to them whereas yeah. the casuals, I think there's another like four or five hours to go you know <laughs> to clean up and they're going home and all this stuff so yeah i guess i mean it's a good thing to complain about right because at the end of the day it's a game and you're you're we're all playing it because we find it fun and enjoyable. So yeah. being stuck with someone that is kind of sucking all the enjoyment out of it is shit. So yeah, yeah that's fair. There's definitely a minority, a small minority of players that I would question how much they actually enjoy playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if you genuinely stack to ask them to stack up, okay, of all the hours you've played this game, what hours have you been having fun and what hours have you not been i there's there's a there's a that's a grim proportion for some people and that's up to them right i feel like it's it when if you if you come to the table and say i'm going to be happy when i'm winning and i'm going to be beating myself up when i'm losing you're not gonna have a good time yeah definitely i can almost understand it when at least there's a dialogue like 
see when you play games and if you're playing against someone, there's just no chat in the game. Yeah. There's like there's no joking, there's no talking like while you're doing stuff, and then you come to those crucial combats, then you know dice are getting thrown about and that. It's just like I can understand. See if you've had to laugh or something the first couple of turns, and you're like, oh shit, that that combat didn't go your way, or shit, that combat didn't go away. Then you can kind of you can de-stress about it while still yeah. maintaining that kind of atmosphere. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess it's like what what Kaz said. It's a two-player game, right? Everyone has a responsibility to. To try and remember that there's another player playing and you're to not be a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't Just like be real a life. Dick. Yeah. Don't be a dick. That's a good motto to have in life, I think. Um, Philosophical. That's yeah. Right. I mean, I think everyone's in agreement. Don't be a dick. Yep, that's the we learned something today. Okay, right. <laughs> so Kaz, before we go on to the next topic, um, you need to name the top three dicks so we can name and shame them. <laughs> oh, Johnny Sins. Uh... <laughs> oh my god. I actually don't know any other male porn star names, unfortunately. That's uh, <laughs> just not a hacker. Paul, you want to finish off the other two then? I'm, just, I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> that that joke was a trap, and we all, we all landed right in it. <laughs> I mean, there was a conversation about a sex swing before we started recording, so I think... Uh, yeah, on topic, on topic. Yeah, <laughs> this, this isn't the place for highbrow discussions. Uh, no, great, no, I think that was uh, a resounding success for Assault Mine. So let's uh, let's leave that there and let's trundle into the main topic of the show. So unsurprisingly, we're going to be talking about all things vermin uh, and what... Paul and I wanted to start with is so basically to be completely transparent I've I've, I've read the book um, and I but I've only played against it once so I've only played against Kaz Paul you've played against that a couple of times and you were kind of had your toes in the, the, the play test and um, yeah but really what we're looking for is Paul and I are just going to be asking questions of of Kaz and John T because you guys have obviously been playing it a lot and are in a far better position to comment than than Paul and I. So what Paul and I were wondering first off is basically just what's your kind of gut feeling about the book at this stage and what have your experiences been thus far? Uh, yeah, I guess I can I can start. So I've uh, I've played, I think, uh, eight or ten games now, something like that uh, with the book. And uh, like my... I think my initial reaction, uh, and it's still kind of it's still kind of valid, uh, where I feel like the book is is a lot better, like for the game and more enjoyable than the last book, because uh, like I I didn't play the last book an awful lot, like with it, just like a couple of tournaments, but I felt like there, there was a lot of bullshit in that book, and there was a lot of things that were just like too good and not very fun, and it wasn't really fun to make any lists because there were some units that were specifically the best units, you know? Mm. And I don't think that's really the case in this book anymore. It's a lot more, like, it's not that over the top, I feel like, and uh, and there's a lot of choice uh, to have. But with that being said, I also think that there's some mechanics in the book that makes it extremely swingy, and the point I'm at right now is that I'm not even, I'm not sure if I enjoy... Uh, that type of a, a game where it's like oh, either I win 20 or I lose 20 like I, I find that for me that ends up being games that I, are, I enjoy less I think uh, 
Right. Then if I play the if you have an army that plays around the fifteen five like kind of level instead. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh John T, how do you compare to that? That was that was comprehensive. Um <laughs> I for 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 me, um I think the challenge facing Ninth Age in general is that as we're redoing factions through the labs, the labs come under such intense scrutiny both before and after kind of they're released into the public and so I feel like the best kind of litmus test for is this book good and do I enjoy it is if it it, as Cass says is it better than the slim and I think this is much better than the slim I think the slim was um trash that's 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 how I would I, I feel like it was very easy to use the slim to get almost any army you wanted and all and that that i think was evident when people were running like the vermin demon with loads of little like yeah. night runner type units like that's yeah. not that's not a horde army that's not it's the vermin swarm that's not like that that it shouldn't feel like that and there shouldn't be these like you know these little kind of weapon teams with a four up aegis just cutting about the board like that's just that it just doesn't it didn't feel to me it didn't suit the theme and i think this are this army book has a lot of rules that are is that is maybe tricky to for other people to get their heads around but i think once you've played this army once or twice and once you've played against this army once or twice it all falls into place in quite a satisfying way i agree with kaz that it's quite swingy but i, I i'm a big fan i think generally in a mechanical sense, the book is in a strong position. Not not in the meta, in terms of the meta. I think it's in a very good position um, with how the army feels. I just think there's a few, some some key units and some key rules that I think need tweaking to, to properly balance it. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. So, so when you say better, you mean better designed not like better as in power level yeah 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 yeah. no i think i think it's i think it's weaker in terms of power but yeah that's that's why i think as well it's 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 much much better designed like and 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 i think evident that that's kind of evident in the complaints on the forum of people saying you know i don't want to take big units in my core and it's kind of like well you know we don't want to turn new players off but this is a horde army so yeah, you, yeah. you have you can't get you shouldn't be able to get around that and people have you know i see the complaint a lot that you know there's too many you know all the core is the same across the board but that you know that's 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 to be expected for a, a new army and i don't necessarily see it as like a bad thing for either, all these armies to have like kind of a similar backbone and to have the real variety come from kind of what you hang off that yeah yeah i agree I think that a lot of the people who complain about that are people that have started playing uh, like Vermin Swarms in the Slim Book because the Slim Book was yeah. a very weird type of book, right? Because you you see this complaint a lot where people say, oh, "I need there's so many moles to play this army," and I just like when I, I think back to Eighth Edition when I used to play Skaven, I'm like, I, I you know this is still not that many moles that like I still have yeah. much more moles than I used in Eighth Edition. Like this is comparatively still a small uh, amount. Unless you know specifically just take moles for the hell of it, uh, whereas of course in the slim book you had like very very few moles uh, in general. So yeah, I mean well, we're going to kind of drill down into the, the kind of topics that you mentioned there in a little bit more detail in terms nice of you pun. know 
Oh, oh, oh. Just continuing. Oh, you know, I feel inspired. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk a a lot about the kind of specifics of the redesigns and things. But before we kind of go on, in terms of your experiences, how Mm. how do you find, obviously, you've both said that you you think maybe the book is weaker than it was before, but you've enjoyed it more. Actually playing it out on, on the tabletop, like, have you found, well, A, how successful has it been? And B, have you enjoyed your games more because of those redesigns? Uh, you, you want to go first, Cass? Sorry, we'll stick to uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, so I can say that I have actually not been that successful. I think my win rate is like 25% or something like that. Solid, just, solid, yeah. Yeah, which uh, is, is a bit lower than uh, than what I would usually be uh, be used to. But um, yeah, I think I think I've enjoyed it it's more while uh, while playing. But that said, I didn't really enjoy the the last book. But there's definitely some like key things for me that that like take away from from the enjoyment that like perhaps it lends it like a little bit too much uh, swinginess. Where I think um, a good example I would have is that. It, like for example, the weapon teams is a good type of swinginess where, because you could misfire and kill all of them, uh, in, like in a unit in one shooting round if you're unlucky. Yeah. But that's not, you know, like that type of a swing won't like change the entire game, uh, yeah. you know, based on that happening. But if you, for example, fail a leadership test, then suddenly or a panic test specifically, like a breaking is is not as big of an issue, but uh, panic tests and if you fail it. Then suddenly the entire game switch changes because the block is so big that it goes off the table. Yeah. Uh, or I happened like in in two of my early games before I realized that you have to take the Baron discipline on your bunker unit for your general. I had my <laughs> bunker unit panic like in two two of my first four games or something. My bu- like my bunker unit just panicked and went off the board and I lost my general and I was like, okay, well the game is over. Like there's no- there's almost nothing I can do at this point. And uh, yeah, th- so. That that to me is like per se perhaps not like the most enjoyable, but as an overall experience, I would say it's better. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of panicked uh, checking of army lists when we played when the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the general's unit was checking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, when I was like, oh, I have baron discipline. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's here. I'm sure it's here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jonty, how does how does that compare to your experience? Uh, very, very similar. I can probably beat Kaz's uh, track record of, I think I have not won a single game yet, and I've played six. So, I, but, but I, I, you know, I'll, I'll cut myself some slack because no one else is going to do that for me here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um, I uh, after reading the book, and after uh, initially when the book was released, I was paying a lot of attention to the forums, and now I just can't maybe there's a causal relationship there but after paying attention to the forums i now can't stay far enough away from the forums because yeah just constant shit yeah. um but but generally i i saw that people were really into the senator and were kind of poo-pooing the dictator so i every single game i've played has been with a dictator i kind of Ooh. want that to be my I, I really like the rules of the dictator and i really like how he changes the army um, and so I kind of want to learn how to play that list because I think it'll be quite a novel um, list in the meta as well. Mm. Because yeah. so his for for people who are unfamiliar, his the key ability is that he has an 18-inch um, bubble and he makes everything in that bubble um, unstable. So I don't care about steadfast. I don't care about any of that. 
I just need to take bodies. And so, like, I've been playing 300 model lists with wow, cool. a vermin lot. And, and you know, it's all it's all well and good. And Paul can attest to this. I, I, you know, <laughs> for a first turn, you know, if someone panics off that central unit, you know, I lost a bell and the 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 black fur vet bunker it was in in turn one because of a terror check or something like that and i think i know, killed a weapon team and it panicked that was it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it was the, so 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 you know as kaz says the banner of discipline is you know i'm never leaving home without it anymore but <laughs> it, it's very swingy when th- when when you make a, when there's a big loss you know you kind of have a much stronger sense of okay this game's pretty much over for me at this point and it'll be like turn three so Maybe contrary to the salt mine, it gives you a much. It's quite easy to know how the game is going when you're playing yeah. as a vermin, a, a vermin list, because as long as your core big blocks are there, you you should be fine. Yeah, and I, I, this to me would be one of the key things that I would like them to to change specifically with the dictator, because it's it's to me is probably my favorite unit that, or design in the whole book. It's really cool and interesting, and uh, so like. The options seem really interesting for how you play it in different ways, but the discipline six is just—it's just—it's just not enough. Like it's to me, like I played with discipline seven and I already struggled uh, with discipline seven. So the without the crown on the senator, yeah. And I'm put—I'm in my next games. I put in the crown because I just found that I was panicking off the board. I as soon as anybody had fear or. Uh, whispers of the veil uh, like everything just went to shit really fast and i can't even imagine how how bad that is with discipline six hmm. i to, to be honest i i i kind of feel like i, I i'm railing against the increasing the discipline on the dictator because i think that i i really liked the way he was billed in the lab as this should not be the optimal general this guy is not the senator the senator is if you want if you want your units to stick around if you want them to have good discipline you need to have an army that represents like the vermin society or whatever it is um whereas and i kind of like that the dick i think the dictator is definitely worse at keeping at stopping your army from panicking but i think he's much better at stopping them from breaking because even yeah, yeah. And, and, and i think that that's a trade-out that i quite like the flavor of um like even I've, I've had like you know um koe units charge my weapon charge my um artillery and because they've been within the bubble of my dictator they've they've lost one wound and it's like who cares they they mm-hmm. they've stuck around and that's that's really all they're there for whereas you know they're they're fucked if in any other list so i quite i quite like the way he changes it i just think it's going to take a long time for maybe not the meta but it's going to take a long time for me to work out how to use these lists <laughs> yeah i can imagine yeah I, I don't know like to to me i guess i i think the problem with panic in the in vermis form is that the units are so massive that when they panic you usually don't get a second chance to get them back <laughs> yeah because like they, they go off the board or if they don't go off the board they go out of those uh, little eagle standard bubbles so <laughs> the eagle standard bubble is like six inches around your like main uh, infantry blocks but if something next to it panics, it usually runs away from that bubble. So then when you rally it, it's like on a leadership or discipline five or four or whatever it is with no reroll. And it's just off the table anyway. Whereas if you if you compare that to playing 
well, dwarves, elves, empire, anything like that. Like at least usually you have some type of extra support for that discipline uh, that makes it so you could rally and get back into the game. But with Vermisworn, one failed panic usually means that that unit just uh, doesn't play. Yeah. Out, out of interest, Kaz, have you played any uh, games where with the updated Eagle standard where the BSB activates them after the general dies or anything like that? Uh, yes, but I the, I took the BSB out of my list uh, because it was so bad. <laughs> okay, okay. Because that that rule change I think made me look at the BSB and go, okay, I might actually take one because I quite yeah. I quite like the idea of no BSB list because you know I thought I was being a tactical genius by denying my <laughs> opponent 200 points out of the gate. Um, <laughs> That's the opposite mindset of Michael, where he's more than happy to <laughs> offer two hundred points. Is he? Chaff. Chaff. Did I not? Put, uh, I remember because your initial list, Jonte, when you came up and me played, mm. you didn't have you didn't have the BSB. No, 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 I didn't. No, it was your you put the BSB in my list. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Put the BSB. In. <laughs> well, I mean, like the BSB in there for the banner of discipline. That's that, and that was the. That's why he has to be there. And yeah. then also the output, because it helps the unit. Because I think we kitted him out so that he can actually kill things, at least okay. rank and file. Uh, we yeah, he he is decent at surviving. He's he's not. I mean, the blood fur commander is pretty good generally, mm. but um, I think it's yeah. I I'm, I'm yet to actually properly run him. So I'm quite, uh, and that was before this update where BSBs are actually much better in the book. Yeah, I think we'll maybe we'll maybe get to that because um, that maybe ties into some of the other topics that we're going to talk about in the book. Because I reread the book last night and I I assumed that was a new change because I didn't remember seeing that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but just talking about like you guys were mentioning like how swingy the book is right now and how that might take away from some of the enjoyment of actually playing the book how much do you think that's got to do with the fact that you know this book was originally released as an alpha so like with the other lab's um i think i'm right in saying that the books have gone through more iterations before being publicly released whereas with this book i feel like it's maybe the first one where they've decided to release it somewhat earlier and just see what the kind of public reception is and then use that to try and get the book to a, a more polished product faster rather than just relying solely on like internal playtesting and using that kind of bigger player base to get more varied feedback faster. Do you think that's been good for the book? I, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that eventually me and Kaz will disagree on something, but I, I actually <laughs> think that the alpha being released in alpha stage has been a good thing because all of the stuff that, people have people kind of predicted would be a problem with this book which is presumably the stuff that aligns well with what playtesters thought would be a problem you know obviously not everything has been fine but a lot of it hasn't um been disastrous like people people were up in arms about the d6 multiple wounds for the uh, cannon right mm. and they, people and people were kind of saying you know the, how people were very worried that this would break the game or would lead to these huge kind of swingy moments and i think if it had been in playtesting longer we might not have seen stuff like that but it's come out of it's come into alpha it's come public and people are kind of fine with it i you know people there are obviously people who still want it gone from the book but i don't know any vermin player who thinks that that is something they just have to have in their list anymore but it's not it's not actually that good and I think in some sense, maybe keeping it 
taking it out of playtesting early has left us with a less conventional book, which is quite fun for the scene. Yeah, like for me, I think uh, I think the, sp the the main benefit I would say is the speeding up uh, process uh, of it. Like they definitely they get a, a lot better feedback, but kind of uh, tagging on to the playtesting thing, I feel like there was also some really important changes that were done like right before release that essentially invalidated a lot of playtesting feedback because before the book was released or before any of us had time to play, I remember there was a couple of playtesters who went on the open forums and like went on a crusade about how extremely OP or bent the book was. And you just take two units of the uh, Blackfur veterans and they just like dr kill everything and elves have not a chance to win and all this kind of stuff. And then they changed, I think they changed like the Blackfur veterans had a rule that allowed them to reroll ones to wound or something like that. Uh, and that like really pushed their offensive capabilities over the edge because it's kind of hard to get uh, combat buffs with the, this book. And when they removed that, the Black for Veterans went like from being world beaters and playtesting to just being kind of a kind of a meh unit. Like uh, especially when, for me at least when I played, they're they they're not very good. They've cost a lot of points and they, they like they don't do that much more than what a legionary guy did or mm. whatever they're called now. I'd completely and, agree with that. Yeah, and like so to me, I also like I guess we'll we'll kind of uh, move on to that. But like with the release, I feel like there were some things with the release that just like made the forum a very volatile place, maybe more so than what the book deserved. And one of those things was some playtesters uh, that went on the forum and like went on little crusades about how things were too bent to be released, and then it turned out to like not be an issue. But that, you know, like a lot of people on the forums who don't play any games, you know, they just took whatever the playtester said and like, oh, listen to playtesters, you know, like this, you should release it or whatever it is. Okay, so a very mixed bag, like obviously it being released earlier is good because it speeds up the process. But then because it is released in somewhat of a least or a lesser polished state, it's mm. it, like the design process becomes a lot more swingy because you're getting yeah. more extreme examples of things happening. Yeah, like, so then it's harder to balance. Yeah, it's difficult to get good feedback as well when it, it's, uh, I've, when it's you have those kind of moments when the release wasn't really that coordinated, right? Like you had this uh, <laughs> Skaven in AZ or whatever it is called, like going like making uh, joke videos to force them to, to give preview copies or, or whatever it was and, and things like that happening that like, you created a more toxic environment on the forum, which means that you get less good feedback and more just people whining, I think. Uh, so that kind of stuff could have been, if that was like perhaps coordinated a little bit better or people were warned a little bit more about the release, then I think we would have a better reception. Like, I don't think this is the fault of the actual design. It's just more about how it was released. Yeah, I think, I mean, generally speaking, the project doesn't have a good running or a good track record of how it releases things. And especially in a way that helps promote their own products. So like in the past, how it releases things to like content providers, there's has been there's been some books that have, have been handled excellent, and then there's been three books that have been trash. <laughs> and like if you're <laughs> going you to release something, <laughs> if you release something as an alpha, you know you want to set the you know good groundwork for that coming out, and you want to make sure that the context is right so people know what to expect. Yeah. So do you think they need to be better at setting expectations and saying to people, look, this has been released as an alpha. This isn't balanced, but we want to see what people do with the book. Because I think you're right. You both kind of said that 
how they've moved away from the old book has been really positive and trying to make something new and trying to make something that is hoard, but getting that balance right between getting an army that where independently is garbage that relies on synergy, but then doesn't lend itself to these instances where you lose one unit and the whole army runs off or it just becomes completely unplayable. So I guess in part it's because the book is obviously every book has its own unique qualities to it and its own like eccentricities. And this is something that is just tricky to balance in the Vermin book. So like, what do you think Andrew about the alpha situation? Uh, I mean, I completely agree with you and Kaz obviously about the uh, community engagement side of things. The, I felt that the Dread Elf release was handled really well, or almost too centralised in terms of uh, how they were trying to democratise uh, the different content. But then Vermin Swarm was just... I know obviously they've got a hard job juggling between translation teams and layout teams and all the rest of it, but like I think they gave us two days' notice. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's mainly the problem. Like People internally should probably just know when it comes out. I think that that's, would improve the situation a lot more. Yeah. And like, you know, we are not all seeing oracles either. Like we're going to get things wrong uh, the first time we review books and read books. So having that little bit of time ahead to actually go do it properly um, would, would make a massive difference. And it would help promote their product as well. So I, I completely agree with that. In terms of the, the alpha stuff, and I don't, maybe Paul can comment on this because he was part of the playtesting team, but the, the feeling on the forum was, and talking to, to some people was that there was a hostility towards some of the playtesting feedback, um, which caused these kind of mini crusades where individual playtesters took it upon themselves to go and you know start these conversations on the forum. And then because that happened just before the main release, there was almost like a knee-jerk reaction by the design team who then changed things. I don't know if that's substantive. I don't know if that's entirely true. I mean, like, it's a, like... I would say, interestingly, when they released the Dread Elf book, like the Dread Elf playtesting process was like is like a night and day example compared to the Vermin Swarm process. In both cases, there were changes made to the book after playtesting feedback was complete that contradicted what playtesting said. In the case of the Dread Elf book, it ended up not being particularly meaningful and they ended up going back and changing it again. I think it was like the number of shots on the auxiliaries because right. it had been like three shots in playtesting with quick to fire, march and shoot, blah, 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 blah. And they decided that actually you want to reduce the number of shots, but you can keep some of the other special rules. And that was a good balance. And then for some reason, they changed it on release, which didn't really seem to make sense. With the Vermin Swarm playtesting, from the outset, the dynamic between the playtesting team and the design team was completely different. Like with the Dread Elf book, it was very back and forth, much more tell us what you think, we'll engage in conversation, blah, blah, blah. Whereas with the Vermin book, it was the playtesters by and large, it was the same team. And I think they went into this book thinking that was going to be the same process where initially they would just be going on and like talking within like the general discussion. And it was really just, which is more like within the, the playtesting threads, is really just a space for them to talk about the book openly within amongst themselves. And if the design team want to get involved, they can. And it kind of gives the design team a good appreciation for how they feel generally about the book. 
and then we have obviously like the more specific threads but we'll go into detail on like how certain rules came out during actual games and stuff but i actually at one point had to step in and because basically what was going on was they were having these very general conversations and people for the design team were stepping in and saying uh basically we don't care we want you just to play this just just play this and tell us what you think and I, you know i had to say like no you've got to give the playtesting team an opportunity to talk about this stuff even if it's just for their own sake you can choose to ignore it and that's fine that's your prerogative but you can't tell them to not talk about things or to try things with the book that they're given to test because that's her job yeah so from the outset that basically led to this kind of hostility which I felt was very tangible between the playtesting team and the design team. And it did improve, but it took like half the playtesting process to to get to a point that it felt like it was getting better. And it, it, it never got to the same kind of relationship between the two teams that it was like with the Dread Elf process. So like that, I mean, for me personally, that's what in part killed my enthusiasm for being in the team. Because I was just like, this is part of the reason that I don't want to deal with like it's like it's worse than just reading shit on the forum because Jeez. because it's like you have to then deal with it as a team leader yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least you can ignore it if it's just some fucking idiot talking shit where it's like no I actually gotta have to go away and talk to this guy and be like you've got to calm down or I've got to like invigilate between you and fucking HR now so so I how think- vitriolic how vitriolic was it are we are we talking are we talking explosive arguments yeah, on spill the tea I mean, like, it wasn't so much explosive arguments, but it was just things like, it was things as simple as tone and people just feeling like mm. they're not interested in what we have to say. It's answer our questions, we'll decide how we deal with that information and we'll ignore everything else. And So it just didn't feel like it was two teams working together on the one project. And so that... It, it, probably is what led to these people just saying fuck you guys i'm just going to go off and you know i'm just going to talk about stuff in the open forums and so, so, so to be to be to be devil's advocate a little bit here i i i i have had the impression before the lab that vermin the slim vermin book was among the most hated faction in the game would you guys agree with that yes yeah definitely yes. definitely do you think that affected the dialogue between the playtesting team and the design team because this book needed nerfing big time i don't know like because i would say at least i wouldn't maybe not half but maybe of like i think there was maybe 15 to 16 people that originally started off on the playtesting team with this book but then there was probably only about 10 to 12 people that were actively giving regular feedback and a good, and I mean, some of them, you know, include Vermin Swarm players. Mm. So they want a good book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when they're giving criticism, it's not because they hate the Vermin Swarm and they want the book to be bad. It's because they like the book and they want it to be good. And they, they maybe feel like something is just utterly ridiculous. And maybe they're even more conscious of that reputation and they want to try and improve it by making a better book than what they already had. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I don't think that I, I never really got the impression that it was that that was an issue during the playtesting, at least. I mean, I, I would willing to be I'd put money on the fact that some of the ne- negative criticism that the, the book has got after release 
from just regular players is 100% fueled by people's prejudice against fucking vermin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Th- that is definitely a thing. But and I think I sh- it was quite clear why the, the, the Slim Book wasn't popular because it was just horribly designed. And part of that was a problem that there was so many hangovers from uh, fantasy, yeah. especially 8th edition. And the book did not do anything that what the army structure would even like legacy players coming into it from playing like Skaven and, and Fantasy. That book was not Skaven. It was just it yeah. didn't have a weakness. Yeah, it, like to me, to me that was like the thing. I, I stepped away from from Skaven in the middle of Eighth Edition, and then I came back in Ninth Age and played Undying Dynasties for a while still. And I took the book up again and I played it, and I'm like, this is. Everything is reliable. Yeah. There's nothing like there's no like <laughs> random. There's nothing that's random. You have super high leadership on on everything, and it's just kind of you have super elite close combat units. Like it just uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't at all what I I wanted it to be. You know. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that's. I mean, we'll, we'll go into this in more detail in a second, but I think that's having only played against it once and and, and read it you know a few times now. I this feels like what I imagine old old time Skaven players want in their army. It feels very, you know, they have to work together and if they get isolated, they're shit. Yeah. And, you know, they can do insane things, but there's always that chance that they kill themselves in the process. But I think they've, they've balanced that pretty well. There's other things that I don't like about the book, which we'll come to, uh, but I think overall that feel has definitely improved. And I think that the form is really bad for this, but this is still an alpha phase book. And you would hope that in the back, you know, the back rooms of the, the Ninth Age design team and and, and still playtesting team, I would hope, uh, that they are taking all this into consideration and in, in the discussions moving ahead. But I don't know enough about that process. My my, my, my hot take here would be I, I can't see a way for them to improve the feel of the army. I think if I, 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 there's no... We've already kind of gone over that it has to the army has to work as one kind of moving piece, and all there's all these little units that have to cooperate. And once and if that command chain gets broken up, the whole army kind of falls apart. I I can't see a way that they can improve on that. So I feel well, like that's not liable to. Well, let's go. Let's start kind of getting yeah. deeper into that then. So we'll start with in terms of the background and you know the general themes of the book and the naming of the book now. I don't think any listeners of the podcast will be particularly surprised that perhaps Paul and I have certain opinions about the uh, <laughs> the naming themes of this book. But uh, we'll start with with you guys. So, Casimir, how did you, you know, coming from fantasy Skaven and then you know picking up Vermin Swarm in Ninth? Does this book feel like what you imagine Vermin Swarm should feel like? And did you get that kind of that background satisfaction flicking through the, the army entries? Uh, so I did. Uh, I actually really did because I. I have to say I really enjoy the the Roman uh, theme of the book. And <laughs> <laughs> so to me, so I'm a little bit controversial there, perhaps. Uh, like you might me, disagree think... with Johnny here. This is great. <laughs> I like the I like the Roman oh, theme too. <laughs> dead to me. So so like to me, I think that the, the if I look at like the, the the underlying theme of of Skaven and also Vermin Swarm, as you say, is this like low quality, like volatile nature, perhaps uh, the thing that they're like not good on their own, but together and they're like built around these like strong uh, characters that kind of hold everything together. 
and I think that that really comes through, and so does like the experimental weaponry uh, and the crazy beasts and so on. So I feel feel like they they managed to pull those themes through, but giving them like dressing them up in new window dressing. So whereas like the uh, the old Skaven book had a, like perhaps I don't really know a good metaphor for what the the leadership mechanics was, but like it had a lot of um, you know, like a Nazi experimental stuff. Like that was kind of uh, the, you know, like the theme they, they went for, like the, a lot of the Skaven symbols are like little like Nazi symbols and so on. And, and it's, uh, you know, like with the experimental, uh, like breeding of crazy animals and drugs and, and this kind of stuff. But here they do the same like kind of thing, but now it's just dressed up as Roman stuff. And that means that the, the way the leadership spreads is different, but I feel like the theme of it is uh, is still the same, but then there's some other unit entries that I think are absolutely horrible. Like I am, I am, I have to say now that I'm not a fan of like the rat puns that went into this book. <laughs> like, like when I came to like rodentium bullets, I was like, oh my god, holy fuck, this is like. I think I might have said this on a different uh, podcast, but this is like Age of Sigmar stupid level. Like, do you, like do you know that in Age of Sigmar, a fucking Sigmarine, his armor is made of Sigmarite. Like, like what the fuck? Like, this is the same thing. Like, all oh, these bullets are made of rats. Like, what is? Like, it's so or like, oh, maybe the rats have a special metal that is called rodentium. And you're like, what? no, no, it's not. Uh, so to me, the, like those things are really glaring, but but then like to me the fact that they they have a banner that's sacred Aquila and like that the uh, the you know the rats are legionaries and stuff that that part I really like. Okay, Jonty, agree I, disagree? Uh, yeah, I agree. I I there look there's some the mouse cannon is is is, oh. is objectively <laughs> stupid oh i right? forgot to mention that holy fuck oh. objectively just just awful yeah and whoever whoever you know what it's fine whoever <laughs> uh, yeah but the the like it, it, i i'm i'm always a little unsure of of how it works in ninth age but with all of the uh lore being from a human perspective is that is that right yeah. all of the lore is written from a human perspective i quite like the idea that this is a human faction that has tried to categorize vermin armies and vermin society and so it's the the reason why there is a there is a roman naming system is because they because the humans have gone okay well the closest thing is you know a, a rome or a Varas or whatever it is and they've gone, okay, that's the equivalent of this, that's the equivalent of that. And the reason why it doesn't really, it's the reason why it's almost anachronistic is because it's not that the rats have come up with this, it's that a human has named this. And that that is all the slack I will cut the naming. I don't, I think that only <laughs> applies to the written background accounts. No, 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 I think you'll find. <laughs> but then why do they call the like orcs art boys? Oh, because they're real hard. Because they were documented by Northerners. That's why. <laughs> oh, they call them Ed Bashers now, don't like, they? I mean, that's just as bad, but yeah. Do they really do? Okay, well, that's well, well, yeah. that's liable to change in the lab. Then they'll be called uh, strong know, orcs. Strong Some orcs. Big, fucking big vanilla orcs. bullshit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Flat notes, geezers. <laughs> geezers. <laughs> Um, I, I like the names for what it's worth. I, you know what? I, if you could, you could change every single name in this book, and it wouldn't bother me so long as Velite is here to stay. That is, <laughs> that, that absolutely, that is a line in the sand for me. 
I love vermin velites, and I will I will argue. I will do. I'm at Heliconid. Message me. I will debate you on its pronunciation. <laughs> okay, uh, so, Paul. So you, the hosts now, like now, the spice comes. Yeah, this is uh, Paul. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to savage it? No. Well, I'll go first, and then I'll let you savage it. We'll finish okay. in a high. So the the naming for me. And the whole Roman thing is just too on the nose. Like the whole theme of like this rat civilization living in the ruins of this once great fallen power. Totally fine with that. That seems very vermin-like. And it's the safe way to go from a background perspective because it's quite similar to the old fluff. So I think that's totally cool. Quite expected. No issues whatsoever. The fact that they've gone with a Roman name to me is just lazy and is it's everything i don't like about the background yeah it's like the world map why the fuck does it look like that yeah it looks not only does it look like the fucking gw world map from fantasy yeah it looks like the real world it's to me complete missed opportunity to cement that part of the game as being new i think it's was a really bad way to go like i really don't like it with the roman thing it's to me it's very similar it's it's a lazy way of trying to do what they're trying to do which i i like the intention i just don't think you do that by just taking things from history and saying oh that's what it would be called even from a human perspective why in this fictional universe are they using historical references to me it's jarring I don't feel immersed in a fantasy world. I feel like I'm playing a game written by people who couldn't come up with something original. So they're relying on connotations from history. And when we were talking to like Ombre about this, I kind of made the point that, you know, with, with a company like GW, they can rely on things like art and, and visual cues to like evoke what it is they're going for. And obviously there's an art team in the ninth age, but it's not on the same scale. They can't pump out the, the level and the scale of like product the same way that a company can, right? So I get that it's harder, but I would have much rather them stuck with that theme, but decided that no, we're gonna we're gonna use these names and we're gonna use these terms. And that in itself, because you know that's what they're going for, that tells you something about the background. It's more revealing that way, and it's way more original than just saying, "Yeah, that's a that's a legionary," and well, there's yeah, there's a special rule that's like, um, "I am the Senate." I'm just like, "That's another one." Fuck me, I am the no, Senate. No, like, we can come to that. I've got us. I've got some some shit to say about that. That's <laughs> that's poor. Like, so I just think that. The intention is good, and as I say, I think it's very appropriate for the for the army. I just don't like the implementation. I just think it's like, and it's clearly just people think it's a very good idea, and they've ran with it. And you know, they've there are some names I think are forgivable, like like using the like a term like um, legionary or like or you know, I'd, I'd even give you velity. You know, it's been like right here. Okay, I know what you're going for, but like. There's just some other ones. I'm just like... Mermelos oh. have got to go. Mermelos yeah. are the worst. Yeah, this is... I, I was going to ask about this, actually, because, like, is it the... Because I, I would... Like, I, I know a lot of people on the forum have argued specifically against legionaries, but I think that's probably one of the more generic ones, because, I like, agree. you don't need yeah. to come from Rome to be a legionary, right? Like, it's it's just like a... It invokes some kind of 
like conscripted uh, like massive dudes kind of thing but but yeah like Murmillo is very uh, like it it definitely sounds like something you read in a history book rather than in a game yeah i think like as a, as i say like there are there are ones that are forgivable but then there's other ones which are just over the line and i think because they've leaned into it so much even the ones that would otherwise be okay on their own for me it's just it just adds to the problem so 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 something like the Duskblade assassin which is like a very pulp fantasy kind of name for a unit that yeah. I, all the problems that you have with the historical stuff i sort of have with a name like the Duskblade assassin because i just think it's generic to the point of non-existence lazy as well yeah it's the other end i mean that and, could and, be yeah. any book that could be any book with an yeah, assassin that doesn't yeah. tell you anything about it being vermin but then exactly <sighs> and i and i i that's that i think is why i like the naming system is because these names almost don't fit and it's meant to be if if the, the constant slogan that it keeps getting thrown around is the a twisted parody of 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 rome like calling a rat in a row house prefect yeah sigh all you want mate (laughs) (laughs) calling a rat in a row a house prefect doesn't make sense and that's almost why it makes sense that i i I think we just disagree on this if i'm honest i and and that's that's what i mean like when i'm saying like some people think it's a good idea and they've run yeah so like you either you, you can either convince someone <laughs> that was really harsh on the slide. Fucking hell, man! <laughs> you know, some people are wrong, but they can't <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it, this is, I guess, this is a, an issue if, with other books because I know some people don't like the naming system that they've used in, like, even Dread Elves, which isn't on anywhere near the same level as this book. Yeah, I but, think the problem with there was that they removed Dread Judges, which is the funniest name that ever existed. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of howlers. I mean, fucking uh, what they called evil dwarf bastards. They had some pretty bad oh, names in that book. Yeah. Mobile Tower, really? No, it wasn't called the Mobile Tower, was it? It was. Yeah, yeah. it oh, was. Oh, like, was it before release or? No, or? that was on no. Release. It, it was, was released before. like that. Oh shit, I don't remember. Like that stuff has changed so many times. Like I have no idea. What every time I play it, I'm like, okay, so what does it do now? I feel like they need a room of just like two or three people where they they get the book and they should just look at the names and just be like, what? Right, I volunteer for that job. I will happily oh, no. do that. Job. Like, like, granted, you're gonna need to get some pretty diverse opinions in that room, but like, no, just me. That's fine. You need, <laughs> you need at least someone. You he need at least someone to say. Do you know Mobile Tower just sounds like all your minis are trying to get fucking cell reception on the yeah. table, like four <laughs> G. <4G. laughs> Yeah, that's actually a really good uh, suggestion, I think, is like focus groups, right? Like, that's what you're suggesting. They do the same thing yeah. for, I guess, movies and shit, right? Like, you just pick people who aren't, like, actually really inside the project structure and say, okay, you like you can't talk about this, like, a, a couple of weeks before or whatever, but, you know, tell us what you think about these names, you know, for these things, and then you get some, like, different feedback instead of people who have been in the... Because, yeah. like, feedback changes when the designer sits down and tells you all of his ideas motivations for like why is it a bloodford legate or whatever and mm. then you go like oh okay well i didn't like it before but now when you told me i kind of see why but like that but most people don't get all that explanation right yeah it's easy to get blindsided when you're working on something for so long you you, you can kind of think oh i didn't think about it in that context you're right that maybe has some silly 
connotations that I never realized. But we kind of spoke a little bit about that with Grimbled and the whole like um, the issue around like quality control and like accountability and like where does the buck stop and like do you know I think something like that would be good and only because it seems to be a recurring issue right and I think in just about every book that's been released there's been a few really bad examples of that's a terrible name yeah. and that should have never made it into the book I think the the issue with the Vermin Swarm book it it leans more into the whole like historical issue that some people just have generally in the game mm-hmm. and how they feel like it's not fantasy enough like it's too they're trying to base things too much in you know conventional history which for them is not I, what I, like. I, I quite resent that to be honest. I feel like it's, it's, a <laughs> like it's a bit like comparing Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones of like they're both fantasy but mm. one is a lot more historical and I think no, I, I got disagree. Well, what, what, you what, don't have you don't have a Game of Thrones house called the Tudors you got Lannister on the Lancasters, man. At least that's slightly veiled. Starks on the Yorks. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. The, the, the veiling is. <laughs> and the Scottish people are all dead as well. <laughs> the ruinous dictator is not called the. Dark. I've just realised that as a club we're called the Wildling, so we should maybe not dwell too much on yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, do you think Vermin Legionaries is an improvement on Rat at Arms? Honestly, no. I think really? it's the same. Take it or leave it. Okay, got it. Cool. I don't think it's. I don't think it's appreciably better. I think. Um, I hated Rat at Arms. What is it? What's the other core <laughs> unit? The Blood for Guys. Uh, Black, Black for Veterans. Black for Veterans. I think it's cool because I'm like. To me, that's more evocative. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's cool. Yeah, that's a good that, name. That's a good name. But they could quite have easily called them Praetorians. Well, they did call them blood fur Praetorians. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> okay, I think it's time. It's, it. it's your time. Oh. Right. So my caveat going into this is that I really like the world turned upside down vibe that they're going for. I think it fits really nicely with the vermin kind of idea that, you know, they've, they've had to be in hiding for so long and that they can only really imitate the world that's going on up above them. So when they finally do take Avras, they, they mimic the Avrasi society, which is based on on Roman. I, I I cannot stress how much I agree with Paul that I find all the historical stuff way too on the nose. And this is coming from someone that their day job is history. Um, <laughs> I, I, just, I hate it because I feel that it's not it's not veiled. It's just basically you're just taking bits from history and then slapping on fantasy and calling it new. And it's not it's just shit. It's lazy. I really dislike it. Um, there's elements of this book in terms of just the naming and the theming. So things like, um, I don't actually mind the legionary bit so much because it's, it's generic, right? You can take it or leave it. The the stuff like the senator, uh, I am the senate. Uh, <laughs> That's the worst one. Uh, uh, Vox Populi is one of the special rules on the letter. Yeah. Uh, you know, all this, it's so shit. <laughs> Like, nobody, I agree with you on this for sure. Like, it's not hard, lads. You've got an entire fantasy genre. You could call it whatever you want. You can literally create whatever you want. Yeah. You don't need to recycle these tropes. And if you, even if you do recycle it, you go, like, okay, we want a kind of, they want to be, in our head, we're thinking they're kind of like a mockery of Rome. 
you're like, all right, okay, so let's take that idea and try and build on it. Don't just fucking copy and paste it in a fantasy army book. But then you get little snippets of someone who had a little bit of sense in the background team when they were naming stuff. Like, I don't, Shadow First Stalkers is very generic fantasy, you know, £13 and a Waterstones for team fiction. Yeah. Uh, but at least, you know, you can tell that someone was trying to think outside the box for that. <laughs> you get points for trying. Uh, but the rest of it, I just, I've got a real problem with it. Because for me, it really, that's a barrier for me playing a fantasy game. I, I don't want to play against Romans. And I've seen people on the forums saying, oh, I could use, you know, Roman figures as as vermin swarm. And you know what? If you're doing that with your pals and they're okay with that, you you play you. They're like, nobody's doing that. For me, that's an issue because I, I'm not playing against Romans. I'm playing against vermin swarm. And I don't know if that's me being a, you know, a hobby snob. Uh, in which case that's totally fine and I'll take the flack for that but I, I, I really have an issue with this and it's it's becoming a, a reoccurring factor across the books and we know that they can do it well because if you look at most of the warriors fluff cough cough wasteland dragon excluded <laughs> um the sad dragon uh the demon fluff is amazing see if you read the demon stuff yeah, it's brilliant it's, really, it's, yeah, it's really really good, really good. like so this is the thing that it's almost like a, a student that has really good potential because you know that they can do the work well. They're just not trying hard enough. Yeah, it's weird because like, in the Vermin book, they've got like the various avatar gods that you can upgrade. Mm. So like they've decided we're going to have unique names for that. So like, why? Why have you stopped there? Exactly. Yeah, like, that's really interesting. Like, I want to know more about these guys. Who the fuck are these? Who's who's this guy selling his soul to? Who are these fuckers like? That makes me interested. That makes me want to go look up more about that stuff. I want to look at the fucking uh, the mouse cannon, and I just want to track down whoever it was that oh, fucking yeah, named that thing. Yeah. Break their kneecaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so terrible, and the, yeah, and people defend it on the forum. It just makes me so sad. Uh, yeah, like it's interesting because if you look at the house prefect with like the main name uh, with standing, I think the upgrades are really well named. Yeah. Like the yeah. Fetish Fleshmaster, Scorched Alchemist, Sticky and Overseeded, Rakishit Technocrat. Like these names are are yeah, really cool. evocative and nice. But yeah, I, I kind of I I do agree on you with you guys to like a certain extent, specifically with yeah, like I am the Senate, some like of the very Roman upgrades. Uh, for the senator and so on like it it perhaps doesn't need to be ripped like that straight out of the uh, uh out of history like in the assassin is another uh, funny example i think where one of his rules is called six emperor tyrannis yeah it's like literally latin and that one is i really i really enjoy what it evokes but it, it is also a little bit too blatant i guess disdain yeah. for plebs is another one <laughs> to me, like that one, like I just, I just, I just love the idea of it. I don't know, like that one, I, I that one is, it's kind of a that I'm torn because I just love the idea that this guy is like, uh, you know, like a noble, like basically a noble guy is like, fuck you, fucking plebs, like I'm not gonna accept your duel. But is that not that the idea that like you can take those concepts and and repackage them and immerse them in the the, the kind of background that you're making? You don't need to just take, you know, death to tyrants and make it a special rule. Yeah, user kind of winning me around on this, to be honest. Because um, patron deity is a great example. But like, this is it. Like, all yeah. I mean, all fantasy comes from history. Like, there's humans have never had an, an original thought in their, in their entire existence. It's all through yeah. experience or perceptions of experience. So, 
Like, there's nothing wrong with taking that core concept and think, you know, a, a Roman world turned upside down. But yep. take that idea and build upon it. Don't just, you know, set the foundation out as the final stall. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Like another one, I'm just scrolling through. Another one I found now is the fact that one of the Blackfur things they can, one of their formations is called Testudo. Are you like? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is actually this is the <laughs> thing I hate most because this is Testudo the... and Phalanx, which doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, you can't be in yeah. Testudo if you're in Phalanx. So this is this is the perfect that, that's segue. That's the thing. Though. That's two different formations, right? Exactly. So, like, they're two different so yeah. let's let's move on because this is this is the perfect segue. So this is all we're going to talk about how this new fluff is actually implemented within the rule set and how successful that's been. Do you like the direction? Do you think it's good? So obviously it being this this parody of this um, presumably advanced and successful civilization, the rats at the end of the day, right? So it, everything's fucking garbage. Like how successful do you think that has been within the, within the book? Because I feel like on the one hand, it's been really successful because as per like what you guys were saying with your experience of playing the book, like things can go horribly wrong very quickly, which is kind of how it should be. But then at the same time, because they've tried this historical referencing, there's things like to studio and uh, these formations where you just kind of think that doesn't make any sense. At least from my perspective, if you're going for this horde army, it's all about numbers and synergy yeah. and lack of discipline and just being like this huge surge of rats that you've got to like fight through. How the fuck are they using what should arguably be considered fairly disciplined formations in order to grant themselves whatever effect that they're supposed to have in the game? Like to me, that's like you've you've gone over the line type of thing. Like you've got too carried away with leaning into the historical reference. So like, how do you feel like? The implementation of the fluff has been within the rule set. We'll start with you, uh, John Tate. You can go first. Uh, that that was built originally in the guidelines and in a really interesting way of they can attempt like formations and maneuvers that you would normally see in like a really disciplined, well-trained and well-maintained army. But crucially, the vermin are not any of those things. And so they can have a go at it but sometimes it, they really, really fuck up. And mm. it's actually worse that they've even attempted it. And I think that is something this book doesn't do at all. I think almost any 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 like attempt at being Roman is almost across the board, it's a good thing for this army. There's no there's always a positive effect, there's never any drawbacks. And I think it could really do with some more like um swingy negatives of like yeah you can go for the testudo formation where you can have you know soft cover but you have to there, there's some kind of cost of if you fail a discipline check or something like that you you lose guys or you there has there has to be some kind of cost otherwise it's just yeah you're just roman at that point like and it's just, I, I that that i i had a very when i was on the forums a lot i had a very long argument with someone about that and um yeah, I, I I don't think this book does that very well at all. Okay, what do you think, Cass? Yeah, I, that's a good point. I kind of forgotten about that part of the, the guidelines because I, I think for me the the part that is well implemented is the eagle standard. Like I think that mechanic works really really well and like kind of 
uh, infor- like to me gives that idea of of something that is based on on Rome with these like important standards and it spreads the like the discipline across a, a large area, which means that you can do like wider type of play and maneuvers than than you could have if you were just use, operating with normal 12 inch bubble. Uh, but I think for me the issue with like specifically the black for veterans is that it's a little bit of an ID type of phenomena where or or a problem where people go like oh these have to have something special right. And you're like, no, they don't. Like, it's okay for a unit to be just a unit with stats and equipment. Like, it doesn't need, like, every, every unit doesn't need a special rule. And, mm, like, the, yeah. the, the Avrasi formations is, is a typical example of that where you, like, at least what I've played the Black for Veterans in every game so far. And I've, I think I've almost never used the formations because it's, when you're playing on the table, it's too much hassle to, like, re rank your units in a new formation when they're fucking 50 moles big, you know? Like you're not you're not gonna be bothered with it, and a lot of times on UB it it doesn't actually provide you enough of a benefit to to bother because it's like oh well you have to be exactly eight wide to get this uh, phalanx uh, buff, but then you don't get any rank bonus and your guys don't really hit enough to make up for the rank bonus, so you probably want to go seven wide, and if you go five wide then you have no very little offensive capability and yeah you get soft cover but you can't actually charge so your unit is not threatening anything anymore so it's just kind of a it's just a rule that takes space, and I would rather they they cut some of those things where like it, not every unit needs a special rule. You know, like it's 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 fine for a unit to just be like some dudes. Yeah, I think there's there's a few things there that is quite interesting. I think generally, like with regards to like the the implementation of the fluff, like I think the flavor of the book is actually very good. Um, and things like the tunnel system. In yeah. the book is obviously like a big new addition that they didn't have really before and there's a lot of really nice things sprinkled throughout the book with like special rules and items that kind of come back to this idea that you can have this special kind of like ambush which is very rat like i think that's very cool and we kind of talked about like the the house prefect and just like the different options and stuff that are there so i think that's all really good like Earlier on, I was obviously talking about like the relationship between like the playtesting and the design team not being very good, but like I think the design team has done really well in trying to bring in new options and like new ideas into the book. So I really like the flavor generally, but I would agree with you, Cass, in that there's and again it's an alpha, so you know bear that in mind with this kind of criticism. But I feel like the book still feels, and this was a problem in the old book, that it's it's quite complicated and I know it's a a new book and there's always that element of learning what it does but things like just sticking rules in to make it feel like oh it's new and it does this I don't think you need to do that at all like a perfect example of that for me is the hereditary you don't need any spell that takes that amount of text to explain (laughs) what it does is bad design yeah and although it's fluffy and it's cool it's too complicated that needs to be simplified like yeah i am looking at it now and i don't want to read it because in the middle of a game it's like oh i've got the hereditary i'm going to use this i'm like no because fuck reading that like that needs to be streamlined <laughs> yeah it does the, the funny thing with the hereditary i think is that the previous version in alpha 2 it was it was a lot more text but it was actually simpler to explain to people what it did yeah because it didn't actually interact with the world more than like oh if you touch it you take damage and you're like okay well i'm gonna put this here it's more of a token than a unit if it comes into contact with something you take damage and people are like okay cool whereas now it's like oh it's a unit it flees if it gets charged it can't 
like it can take certain disciplines and uh, it does sweeping attacks but if you somehow manage to impact something it dies and like it's so many things going on but they like they took the feedback of oh, it needs to be less text and they made it more complicated but with less text somehow <laughs> okay uh what do you think andrew about the whole uh the rule set and how that kind of mirrors the background and the, the flavor of the book yeah like i i was actually when i was listening to you guys talk about it like i cannot agree with kaz anymore when he was saying about not every unit needs a rule because i think that's that's something else that's just endemic just now like the, the the infernal dwarf book is i know that the infernal dwarf team listened to this and give me jip for always being negative about it but it's true <laughs> like th- that was a perfect example of that where they were just there was too many rules they were just given stuff rules especially for stuff like the blackfoot like their basic core infantry they don't need special rules they they interact enough with the rest of the stuff in the book it's fine but i think apart from that kind of stuff the the feel of the army is so much more improved like this 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 feels like a vermin swarm army and you can kind of feel the the background coming through into actually how it plays on the table which i really like and i agree that stuff like the um the hereditary obviously still needs work but like again i don't know why they, they overcomplicate it like they create and i think the, the teams do this regularly as well they create problems for themselves and they kind of push themselves into design corners like why don't they just make the rat swarm like you spawn a unit of rat swarm that is on the table until your next magic phase yeah like something easier like if it's powerful just make it a high casting value like that that's fine as yeah well. exactly because you're basically just i mean yeah i guess the idea is like to make this chaff or some kind of like terrain altering spell whereas just now it just doesn't really do anything and it's just a pain in the arse yeah like even the uh the makar one where like you're summoning like i was literally just thinking about this like why did do, why don't they have the makar version what yeah. does uh, what does What's the Macar one do? Basically, it's like you're. It's supposed to mimic like a storm, like a blizzard or something. You just pick a target on the on of like the table, and it's a certain radius. And if anything passes through it, it takes takes DTs, and that's what it does. Um, so that, that that's been suggested for this so many times is as 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 the hereditary spell, but that's and and the the people hate that one because of the. AP 10 of dangerous terrains and that's constantly thrown out the window because of that but then just say it's not AP 10 just yeah just say yeah, it's just have like strength AP zero. Two. yeah yeah or, or like yeah just or just have a certain amount of strength to it's or, or whatever yeah, like, yeah or every just, model takes a strength to hit yeah. 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 yeah or it's like you have the upcast version where you can increase the area so it's like a bigger swarm of rats and maybe the bigger swarm of rats are nastier or something like that and they do AP damage like there's there seems like it would be a very easy way to scale that to be honest, I think the the, the problem is that is the design that you think they've talked themselves into here, Andrew, that they have to have rat swarms as the hereditary spell. I, I don't even I don't know if it's I mean we're specifically talking about the hereditary now, but I think that just across the the army books where it, I'm trying to explain this, I think sometimes they set their stall up for something like the black fur where they they give them all this stuff initially um and like the um infernal guard guys were the same or not infernal what are they called immortals yeah yeah when they got released where 
they set these guys up and they give them all these rules and stuff to go out and then obviously folk complain about them because it's just either too complex or too good. Um, and then they come back and then they kind of just, they put themselves in this kind of weird design space where they can't really do anything except from takeaway. Mm. Yeah. Whereas for this one, I think that the registry is slightly different in that they obviously, they've got this idea about using rat swarms as a spell, which I think all Vermin players, I would guess, would be okay with. But they kind of said, oh, they, they don't want it to be the Makar. They don't want it to be, you know, a spawned unit like zombies. So it's now just really complex because you have to explain why it isn't one of those two things. And it doesn't actually make a difference on the field because it isn't one of those two things. Yeah, it's effectively like a more complicated swarm of insects, right? It, well, it was before. Yeah. Like now, it's in the last in the last version. You could say it was like a, a landmine version of, of swarm of insects, uh, basically. Mm. But this version is like very very different in how it works. Yeah. So now it's like you create a unit that essentially does sweeping attacks. But the downside of it is that if it gets charged, it has to flee, and it it cannot use any extra leadership mechanics to rally. So it always uses discipline four. Uh, which means that if it's in somebody's arc and they decide to charge it, it's going to run towards the vermin swarm player. And if it hits anything when it runs through them, they, you know, they take sweeping attacks basically. Oh right, okay. The the problem to me is like the potential of the spell is a lot higher than before because now you could like spawn a unit and if your opponent, you know, like ignores them or plays badly, you could essentially do sweeping attacks the whole game and and still be there, you know, because they don't die and and so on. But at the same time. It becomes like a liability because of this like flea mechanic. It can't be used as any type of a landmine. Like you can't you can't place mm. it between the two armies because then people are going to charge it and then they're going to flee into your units. And strength two hits for AP one for vermin swarm is like devastating. Like that's really yeah that's yeah. going to kill a lot of vermin swarm uh, dude, especially if you grow it and stuff. I th- I, like not as Andrew was saying, not to dwell too much on the hereditary, but I think if I remember rightly, the reason why they wanted to concentrate on rat swarms was am I right in thinking that swarms were a unit in the old book and they're yeah. not now? So this is basically yeah. an opportunity to give people some way of using which is mini- a good reason. Miniatures. Like I think yeah. that that that's a good yeah. kind of design angle to come from, and I think people genuinely appreciate that. But like you're just making it hard for yourself. I don't understand why. Yeah. Yeah. You're making it less likely that they want to use our models because yeah. they have to learn how the fuck to use this spell. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because like when I saw the first version of the alpha when it was released, I I actually really liked the 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 previous spell. Like I know a lot of people are negative towards it. I think my problem with it was that it like it was just like not per se powerful enough. So people said like, oh, you have all this text, but it doesn't really do a lot. Yeah. But like it's re- it was really cool in the sense that it grew and you had this idea of all these rats kind of gathering together. And I think that was definitely a case of th- there was a lot of words to make sure that nobody could like rules lawyer something, you know, mm. but actually how it worked on the table wasn't that difficult. But then they, I feel like they just go in the wrong direction. Like I, I felt like maybe they could have probably sorted that out somehow, or simplified it or made it a little bit better. Whereas now it's, it's just like going down some kind of weird hole. And I don't, I think they have to like kind of scrap this version and, and work on a new one. You know what I think is the opposite of that? Like I think that there was that positive intent for that rule, for the, the hereditary, which I, I really do like and appreciate. But I think a really good example of a fluffy rule done really well is the fact that the single characters have to flee if they're out of units. Yeah. 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 That, that, that was, that was something rule. that was really positive that came out of playtesting. 
Yeah. Because that's what people were doing initially, was because you can run so many cheap characters. They were like, why don't people just do this? And the design team were like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, we'll go away and we'll deal with that. So that was one of the rare occasions where it seemed like something really positive came out <laughs> of the actual play, the play yeah. testing feedback. And credit to the design team, they actually did do something about it. So, um, But, yeah, that is really nice. It's, it's, it feels really simple, but it's so effective. Exactly. Yeah, and it forces you to play the army the way the army is meant to be played. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I, I mean, uh, we've 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 talked about that quite a bit. Is there any other points that anyone wants to bring up about the kind of implementation of the fluff? I think that generally, we're we're all pretty positive about that. There's just kind of one or two bits that a little bit of rule saturation and a little bit of kind of good intention but poor execution. I yeah, like, well, sorry, go for it. No, I was just going to say, like, interestingly, like we were talking earlier, you guys were saying that you find that sometimes the book's quite punishing because when things go wrong, it goes really wrong. And obviously that's something that they purposefully try to implement within the book. Mm. So is that an example of that background implementation going too far and it's just too severe and it needs to be dialed down slightly but still there? Or do you just think that's something that people are just going to have to get used to, and actually it's okay? I, I quite I, I liken it to, you know, if a VC player loses their necromancer or their general, and then they start crumbling, like <laughs> hashtag bad times. <laughs> <laughs> like it's effectively the same thing, right? And and I don't have a problem with. I, I I think it's a good. This is the reason why this game is fun is because all of the armies play very differently. Yeah. And just because this is different doesn't mean it's bad. It's just going to take a while to get used to. Right. Okay, cool. Would you agree with that, Cass? I, I think my take is slightly different. Like, I think the, the idea that the general is super central is is fine, especially now when you, the BSP can kind of take over. That That's uh, that's fine for me, and I, I like how it's implemented. But I do think that it needs to be fine-tuned. Like, the, the fact that you are stuck with, if you, you have to play a senator to kind of have any type of like reliable level of discipline like i feel like if you're going to play in a tournament or like a team tournament type setting you're going to have a senator like he's the other ones are just like not reliable enough and even the senator is already swingy in my opinion so i i feel like then the leadership on the characters needs to be like looked over like i think for example, if the dictator was seven and uh, and like the, everything else did stay the same, or the senator got like a slight different type of boost, you know, I've uh, maybe the blood for a guy was seven if he's the general or something like that. Like that would really make it more playable because I, I I feel like with those really low discipline values, like you already have all the instabilities of the army. Uh, that's there if you play the high discipline general, but but it's also just like to a certain almost unplayable like like level when it comes to panic tests and and how that messes up your game. Mm. Mm. We we definitely that's we found something we disagree on. That's yeah, good. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours in the podcast. Which <laughs> I mean that that's such a hard thing to to balance right is this leadership thing because there's a massive difference between a skink and a saurian with their cold bloody checks and obviously the, the vermin swarm should be that army where leadership is super important and fear is pretty devastating to them but at the same yeah. time you don't want to have such a big impact that it means the vermin players can't play against fear causers and that you know you're having these massive cascade moments because i don't know is is given things like 
the the senator leadership seven or dare I say even eight is that no, is that going to just push you to too much yeah I think it's on a knife edge at the moment and that's quite exciting the, I think the problem with uh, giving him discipline eight is the uh, crown autocracy I think yeah. this, playing yeah. with discipline eight is completely fine uh, but if you can go to discipline nine it's too good like that that saurian level of, of discipline like, that should yeah. work okay yeah, yeah. that's fair I think, uh, so I think that's right. why I think it's fine to have like you know, the dictator be a seven because he can't take items anyway, so you can't go to an eight. Um, so it's still never like it's not going to be as good as what you can get with a center. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. Like you mentioned, like tournament play there, cast. Like, how much does that skew the design? Because like when you look at like for instance ogre lists in tournaments, everyone runs. Well, not everyone, but like taking a shaman as your general with the crown and a cult leader BSB is super popular, right? And it's so you can get that discipline nine, 18 inch bubble because at tournament play, discipline is so important. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Is, is, is that in part just trying to bend the book towards playing at that kind of level? I feel like, like, I feel personally like the goal of of the design of the game should be that there should be more than one way of playing each book on a competitive level uh, because i i'm not sure about the how it is in reality but i get the feeling that a lot of games are played at a tournament like location or at least at a competitive kind of environment even if it's just in a club yeah because that's just what knife age is and that doesn't mean that the hobby gamers or like really casual gamers don't exist, but I, I, I'm not sure if they're like with a games workshop game, you could say that they're the majority, but I'm not sure that's the majority in the knife age. No, no, I would agree with that. Okay, cool. Fair enough. So moving on from there then, um, obviously we'll hand over to you guys because you guys are, are our resident experts on this topic, but we're going to talk a little bit about like the army-wide special rules and how that feeds into like the, the army strengths and weaknesses. Um, how do you feel that is implemented within the book? We'll start with you this time, Kaz. Uh, yeah, so I think we, I already mentioned that I think the Eagle standard works works great, and that's implemented really well. Uh, I think another one that's that's really iconic is this this uh, callous rule, the ability to shoot into combat. Yeah. And currently, I'm a little bit divided on on if it really works that well, because in certain cases, it's it's amazing the fact that you can now, which you couldn't in Slimbook, shoot a cannon into uh, combat against a monster. That's like super powerful because suddenly the cannon has value even in the later terms uh, terms because like you lock something up and you can still uh, try to kill it with your multiple ones but in a lot like times i've found is that you have to randomize 50 50 with all your hits uh on a unit when they're in combat and you're shooting at it which means that like most of the time i'm not shooting the combat because i need those extra bodies to stay there to be steadfast anyway and i just have that risk of it like you know it all coming back to me so i'm not sure if that's that well implemented like maybe some difference needs to be made for this to be like a more common thing that you would want to do i guess to, to jump in on callus i would completely agree with kaz there of like when, when i'm playing the dictator i win and lose combats because i will crumble and i'll maybe maybe i'll hang on with just one slave and so i i i never shoot into combat because i need to stick them there and and i think 
the callus needs tweaking a little bit. I, I, it's currently at four up. Yeah, four plus. I would, I don't think it would be catastrophic if that went to three up. Yeah, same. And like, if if it goes to three up and it's too good, you can always have like, oh well, uh, when you shoot at a at a combat, it always counts as soft cover or something like that. Yeah. Mm. I I think it needs to to get Was easier it? to hit them. Am I right in thinking that it was three plus in the old book? Yeah, it was no. three plus. It was three plus in the old book, but the 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 big difference was that you couldn't shoot um, like most of the really good weapons into combat. Uh, so the cannons and the catapults and so on, you could only shoot like the weapon teams into combat. Right. I, okay. I thought I thought it was that it was four up, but the slaves gave you plus two to. Oh, maybe maybe it was the slaves specifically. I'm I'm pretty sure it was it was four okay. up in the old book, but it was that if you were in combat with slaves, they made it it made they made it easier for you to hit the enemy that sounds right yeah and that was the niche they had now which i'm glad they've lost and instead they've replaced with tunneling tools but yeah sorry Cass, you were in the middle of summarizing the army wide. Uh, <laughs> yeah and then i mean i think the other big ones is uh uh, is uh, life is cheap and without number, and I think uh, I think both of those are like really really well implemented. Life is cheap is the halving combat resolution score from kills, and yeah. that makes a huge difference. Like your your blocks can now actually fight, but I don't think it's in the beginning. I think a lot of people feared that it would be overpowered, but I don't think that's really the case because. Most of the most of the time, like when when the rats start to die, they die in like such droves that, <laughs> you stop that it doesn't matter. Board. Like you're still you're still losing. Like it's. I mean, it's, the, the, the actual damage output from all of these units is pretty negligible anyway, right? So I feel like a lot of the books have been designed with that rule in mind. That yeah. life is cheap. It feels quite essential, really, to how the book is supposed to be played. I think they'd need to be res three if they didn't have it, right? Because the, yeah. I mean, when when you and I played Kaz, when the um. The plague disciples who are res three went into the skeletons and the first two rounds i think i won combat with, with fucking skeletons yeah um and you needed that um to the half, half the wounds to actually stay in the game and then that allowed you to grind them out over time yeah whereas otherwise you know that would that would be an elite unit getting chased down by skeletons who everybody knows are the best <laughs> boys, but, but still I'm going to ask you guys, like you mentioned without number cast, like, is, do you guys feel that's worth it? I think that should be removed. Uh, I've actually, I've never tried it. I, so this uh, month on the Celtic League, I'm going to play a without number list, mm. but I haven't, uh, I haven't tried it yet. I, I think it's super cool and thematic, but I just, I don't know what it plays like on the table. It's kind of hard to tell before yeah. you actually use it. That's my feeling. It's 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 a cool, fluffy rule, but I don't know if it's worth the points investment because you've got to take on everything that can take it right. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. just take it on one unit. It's going to be everything. So, I, I I feel like they they had the choice of life is cheap or without number as like the army defining rule, and they couldn't make their mind up, and so they did what anyone any group good group project does, and they just say, well, we'll just do both, and we'll remove one of them. And I think it's a matter. I don't think we're going to lose one of them, and we ain't losing life as cheap. You think you're going to lose without number? I hope so. I think it's <laughs> complex. I, I think I think it's I mean, really it's, cool. Adds another layer, but like, eh. I mean, there's a, a lot of negatives to it, right? Because you've got to pay points of every unit. You can't just take it on yeah. one, and then you lose scoring when you come on, and uh, like, yeah. 
I think that to me, the, the big thing I don't like about without number is the fact you have to take the senator. And the senator is already yeah. the, like the absolutely most prevalent thing in the book. So it's like, why why are you tying this to, to a unit that most people want to take anyway? Which means that if you play like a niche list like the dictator or uh, blood for veteran uh, general, you can't have without number, which is just kind of, it's, it's, I don't like that. Like it's, it seems just uh, kind of forcing people even more to, to play a certain way. It's weird as well because it's like you've got to hit like you've got to take forty from the pool, but then you can only get like a max of like twenty five. Yes, it is. That's, uh, that's basically so. If you put slaves back on, you can perpetually always just continue putting slaves back on. But but if you choose to put something that can fight a little bit better, then you will deteriorate the pool because you know when they die, they only add twenty five instead yeah. of forty. If that could be on my dict, if you could have without number on dictator lists, that would be unbelievably good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's probably why, right? <laughs> but that's also why I, I like that's what I would like to play. I've seen people discussing like actually just taking a senator just to get this with dictator and then not have him be the general, but I yeah, doesn't seem worth it. It's oh, can you take points. without number and and he doesn't he doesn't have to be the general? I thought he had to be the general. Oh, maybe he has to be general. I uh, think he does. Ah, oh, shit. I think that's I, I think that's the fluff that. thing. No, uh, it's armies with a vermin senator only. Yeah. See? So you can't. Oh my you're, you're God. Like 140 <laughs> points for the senator. And oh that, my oh, God. That's insane. Okay, right. I'm writing a new list straight yeah. after this. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's just going to okay. be 500 slaves and two characters. Yeah. I'd like so to you, can bring, you can bring a senator. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can bring yeah. a senator and you can bring the demon. Yeah. Is that yeah. always been the case? Yeah, I don't think there's anything that's yeah. doing that, right? Yeah, it's just like the, the only thing is that if you bring the dictator, he has to be the general, right? So the senator is just going to be a, a discipline buff for a single unit. Yeah, unlimited power. Oh, uh, right. Okay. <sighs> God. We can, yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's try and get through the whole podcast without talking about that. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> okay. If, um, if the spider in, in the Orcs and Goblins book has like Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3 memes <laughs> in, in that fucking description, it would be universally trashed. I don't understand why prequel memes have made it into this book. It's not funny. It, it's so it, it's so try hard. I, I hate it. But it's also like, fuck it. It's just rats on the board sides. Yeah. You talk yourself off that ledge really easily. <laughs> I mean, they're just right. Like, like they're meant to be silly, right? I guess. I just unlimited power hurts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still, well, still not as bad as the mouse cannon, though. I have to say, for me. Yes, mouse cannon takes the biscuit. Yeah. What about the kind of um, the mishap stuff? How, how have you guys found that? It shreds weapon teams and <laughs> yeah. practically nothing to everything else. That would be my summary. Yeah, yeah, like that's the this is the problem here. Is the recent changes are so confusing. So, like they they upped the strength of it by oh my God, one. Yeah. <laughs> and that just means that it still does nothing to Marbilla Brutes, but now it like it wounds the weapon teams, which are already not a good choice comparatively on a free plus instead. And you're like, what? But why? What's happening? Oh my God, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's not that well implemented. I, it probably should be something like uh, wounds on a four plus or, or something. But then yeah, again, yeah. I have I have in a single volley without overpower overcharging killed two whole Mermilla brutes out of my unit of six. So, 
So I mean, I, I don't know, like if you those if you shred your like your entire units in in a volley, like it's not the best either. So maybe it, it maybe it's just I don't know, like it maybe needs to be so it has a similar effect on the two units, but maybe less hits or something like that, like less hits that hit more readily. I'm not sure, but it needs some tweaking at least. I, I think I think weapon teams are in a really really tough spot, and I really like them because I think they're a cool thematic unit. Yeah. Um, but no one takes them right now because they just they they just die in droves and they panic and some and when they panic then you have huge issues as Paul and I found out. Um, yeah. But like I I I think weapon teams either have to get sturdier in terms of like more res or more armor, or they need to get more wounds so that they can so that there's some kind of niche they can occupy of like they're never going to be good in combat obviously but they they aren't necessarily just going to blow themselves up all the time i know traditionally they have two rats on the base but well, like, fuck it why not have three and just give them make them three hp i think they I have the only three. three hp they have three hp right now yeah three weapon teams yeah now you lie i'm <laughs> uh, pretty sure they do yeah, it's 3 HP. Little, yeah. yeah. Have you even two, played them with two? Two attacks, but 3 HP. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one thing that could really help is like giving them insignificant or, or something like that as well. Yeah. They have 3 HP. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so it's I mean maybe it's like a little bit less of a of an issue in that sense then, but but it's still like even even when you're playing with free, I can tell you you still have the same type of issues. Really? Okay. Yeah, like the the problem I, I would say is that they panic your units, but then also the fact that like they're like they're so easy to clear out because they rest two and yeah, it's like nine wounds in a in a unit, but it's very easy for people to just kill them and then that nullifies all your shooting. Whereas if you take a small unit of Marmilla brutes, you have like a super sturdy shooting unit that's going to be their entire game basically or yeah. until it dies in combat, and that's it's so much better. I, I hate Marmilla boots. What's, what's, Surely what's they're not going to stay this, as they are now. They're they're going to change. So shit. I, I, <laughs> they, they ruin this book for me. Like it's like the standout best units. Like I, I have to say, I, I've enjoyed using mine uh, like quite a bit. Also because I put a lot of effort into converting them. But... Well, I hope they get removed from the book. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, are, why are they so much better than the brutes? The 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 Fethus brutes. The lore? Are you asking for the lore explanation? Well, because, I mean... <laughs> well, because they represent the best of them in society. <laughs> well, but, like, if you're going down the, like, legacy stuff, right, it was basically just rat ogres with guns, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and a little, a little uh, like, brain rat on the back. Oh, yeah. So, I enjoy that so, so much. They should be same stats or slightly worse in combat, but they've got the shooting. Whereas... For, as far as I can tell, and if I'm missing something, someone shout out. But like, why would you ever take the the Fethus brutes over the Mermillos? Because the Mermillos do everything that the Fethus do, but they shoot. Because the points, the, well, the, right? And more bodies. models. Like yeah, you're like still raised five. Like they've made yeah. them four attacks now. Yeah, like the, brutal. I think the, I think the Fethus brutes are actually one of the best units in the in the book, just because of how many resilience uh, five wounds you bring to the table like the yeah. mobilos are, are really good but they they can't like grind the same way as the fetish brutes do 40 just... points a model yeah exactly it's uh you still That's got four fucking rank, skeletons right? they ignore parry 
Yeah, yeah, but you're still only on like offensive three with a paired weapon, so it's still you're still probably hitting a lot of shit on fours. You're still average though. I mean, so what four? But then you get fighting extra ranks. You could have the unit of nine. How much would that be? Dude, you have a unit of fifteen. Why? Why would you have a unit of nine? That's like small potato. (laughs) (laughs) They start as six models. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Let me check what my. Why are people taking this? So they've they've recently been completely redesigned. That's why. Because they've they've lost scoring, they've lost the strength. Oh, they've they've lost scoring, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's a that's another account against them. But I think they're they are really really good because I so in my current list I have fourteen in a unit and that's five hundred eighty points. Do you have, the, do you have the, the character in there with them as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, I put the character that gives them uh, Swift Stride also. Yeah. I, I think they're, they are really good. So, like, the reason you would take Fetish Brutes is, is to have more hit points. But but the Mermillos are just kind of a unit that's, that's like, good at everything. Yeah. Um, well, except maybe bringing, like, tons and tons of bodies. But they're sitting as five. They shoot. They fight. Like, it's... They have the eagle standard. That makes yeah, them so good. Yeah, that's a, it's a really big thing as well. And they score. So they score, but the Fethus brutes don't. Yeah, yeah. originally Fethus did, but now they don't. To be honest, I think it's fine that they don't score. It makes them almost better because it makes them into, like, how I view this unit. Is, I'm like, this is a unit of, like, hulking huge seekers, basically, where I'm like, you're just going to push them into people and they're, they, they're going to die in the end, but that's not a problem because they're not scoring. So you just, like, you just do a shit ton of damage and it's going to take a while for them to get through. Mm. And then your other stuff can score, you know? I, I, th- I think it's testament to this how this book stacks up to the slim in that you look at Mermillo Brutes and they belong in the slim. They 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 really stand yeah. out in this book as they are just too good at everything and they're scoring. Like uh, yeah, they just I, I they need to to nerf them or remove them or something. I think that to me what they seem like is they seem like an infernal dwarf uh, units where it's like and i don't mean that in like oh it's op i mean that in the sense that like it's a unit that does everything quite well which yeah. is the theme of the uh, of the infernal dwarves right it's like it's supposed to be super expensive but every unit can like shoot fight and score and, and so on right and that's what the marmillos do like they're they're fighting they're shooting like they don't have a weakness and that that's kind of weird for for this book i think what about the um some of the, like the model implications that come with like the 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 choice of design and like the direction the book have gone in like you guys spoke at the start saying that you guys want to play a horde army and this book feels like it definitely goes down that road much more than the old book but had like for i know there's been some criticism with regards to like new players and the prospect of buying and painting an army like this do you feel like that's not an issue or do you feel like it's like I don't really buy into like you know people complaining that I've had like collections for like ten years and like oh I've got to go out and buy a hundred more models it's like who are you kidding you were going to go out and buy more models anyway like fucking <laughs> cry me a river like that's not yeah. an issue but like for someone who's like I'm really interested in that book and then they actually sit down and think I've got to buy and paint hun- literally hundreds of models just for my core like do you think that's an issue or do you just think that's just just how it is. Um, I, I don't really. I. That's the nature of the beast. I think there's there's plenty. If if you, if, I I can I can appreciate that for someone who, for whatever reason, wants to buy humanoid rats, that this is the only option they have. I can appreciate that that would be disappointing that to find out that you have to do loads of them, but I feel like 
you must know what to expect if you like rats rats are famously like you know fucking everywhere right then there's tons of them so I, I feel like anyone who's interested in having a rat army knows there's going to be numbers involved surely surely in, interestingly yeah. does anyone know what the um like the quick start or remnants form list looks like is uh, it still like 500 models <laughs> that <would be> great. <laughs> it's what is it like two it's two mermillos 25 black furs and 15 what'd you call it velites oh, that's a weird uh, collection of walls i guess and then a swarm priest so yeah. like it's there is probably like that's like probably like one of the biggest disconnects then and playing yeah, a small starter force and then actually wanting to take this next step and go into like playing a a fantasy game even at like a Definitely. 2500 point level like you know that's a huge Definitely. jump whereas yeah, for something like warriors it's like nah it's not that bad yeah i think maybe this the quick starter should probably be more reflective i like i would prefer it to be like oh you have a unit of 30 legionnaires or whatever it is right like so you just mm, so yeah. because you want it to build progressively when you start collecting yeah. uh, but to be honest like i feel like this is a i feel like the only people who really complain about this are people who started vermin swarm in the slim book days because to me like back in the games workshop days like this was the number of moles you had to play skaven and, and like that worked out fine at that point as well it was a popular army lots of people did it i mean so so i don't think that's really a good argument to be like oh new players won't want to play this but yeah like i mean of course if a person says like i don't want to paint that many moles yeah but then they you know they can play warriors or uh, equitain or you know whatever it is that doesn't have that many moles right whereas yeah. if you want to play a big horde army and really feel like okay well there's blocks on the table you know then you go here yeah I, yeah I don't think there's anything wrong with with having that in the game i think it's good that you're giving people that choice because for yeah. some people they want hundreds of models and that's really why they want to play the game so it's good that they've got an outlet for that so yeah. I don't, personally, I don't think it's an issue either. So it's just interesting to see what you guys think, because obviously mm. you were playing Vermin before this came out. Yeah, like, I mean, to me, it's, it's still the fact that, like, like I, I mean, I, again, like, I, I have more moles from 8th edition than, than I need to play this. Like, there's some specific unit entries that I didn't, like, I don't have 30 fetish brutes, you know, but, but I yeah. have 15. Because, <laughs> I, because like they, you know, back in the day, you had to take a big unit of them as well because they were shit if they were in small units. So like, I I feel like the people who are complaining are only really trying to like get the the slim book back. That's my impression at least. Hmm. Okay. I mean that leads to one question, which I'll throw out pr- provocatively and then duck out the conversation. Um, <laughs> the plague disciples. Mm. Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, they were one of the most problematic units in the Slim Book, and they have been entirely removed. And Plague Monks, as they were in the old book, are now the new Plague Disciples as a special choice. But they are essentially mass special infantry now, rather than the the kind of horrible AP10 hand grenades that they used to be. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys think about that? Because I, this kind of leads into a conversation about model invalidation and things like that. And is this an example of that, or is it people, you know, crying wolf? I think, I, to me, this was a really, really good change because, like, the I think the the problems with the slim book could really be uh, summarized in one unit entry, and that was to play disciples. Like that, like to be honest, that book would was so much more 
balanced by just taking out that unit entry. Like it was such a such a problematic unit. Like it was so extremely good at like everything except getting shot by pyro, and it, it promoted like the you know kind of negative weird play styles because it was light troops and really fast and, and stuff like that. Mm. But but like where I can see people uh, struggling is the fact that you have no, nothing that is like plague themed in the core. But I think it's kind of an interesting point to that is that uh, back again, if you like a lot of people who make who whine about this stuff talk about that they had the collections for a really, really long time. But if you go back to the eighth edition Skaven book, you could not take plague monks or whatever they were called at that time in core. Like that was still there was a special unit. Yeah. It was just like in Ninth Age, people petitioned for it to be a core unit. So it got into core, which was probably a bad decision because that allowed you to play uh, lots of fearless stuff, right? Yeah. And I think that maybe adding some kind of element to allow you to play something that feels a little bit plaguey in the in the core would be a good thing, but it just shouldn't be fearless. But I mean, plague, the current Plague Disciples are not fearless anyway, so it's like yeah. not, not the same kind of issue. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, w- I would agree with Kaz. I I, I spent uh, like the better part of two months lovingly converting twenty plague disciples for the slim book from like expensive night haunt models. And yeah, those are so good. I think I've seen them on the forum. The the the, the 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 yeah. So I, I you know I and they're 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 my favourite. Like probably the the model I. I'm most like happy with in my army, so I'm gutted to not be able to play them. But you know what? Like it, it makes perfect sense because that unit was broken, and I can still use them as Blade Brotherhood. Like I have twenty of them, so you just like, need to make twenty more. No <laughs> <laughs> so I like I, I I don't really have a problem with it. Like I, yeah. it, it 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 the 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 lab team clearly see removing a unit as a last resort and they felt they had to take it so whatever okay as a as an outside perspective i really like the um i'm a master's like nurgle like everything that's dead and decaying i really (laughs) i really like uh so like i like the old kind of plague monks and core and things because you could make that plague army yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit sad to see them out there, but I totally understand why they're there. But I was just interested to have, you know, actually you both being Furman players, was that something that was shared? Um, related to the, the supplement on the horizon, not yeah, very true, around. very true. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I think I think it would make this book also better if there was like perhaps a, a, like an Araman upgrade to the legionaries or to some unit in the uh, in the core. Uh, just like, because for example, the the uh, pestilent platform or whatever it's called, pulpit, I think that one, yeah. it just doesn't work right now because it provides yeah. like an aura, but you have to take a special unit to even get affected by aura, and then if you take two of them, there's no space and special for anything else, and lots of problems, right? Like whereas if there yeah. was some type of core entry, I'm not sure what that would be, that would help, but uh, like the as long as it's not fearless, I don't see an issue, like. A, that would still be fine, I think, to have some kind of a plague theme in the core as well. Would it be ridiculous to say something like if you took the uh, the plague platform that you could take one unit of plague disciples in core? As they um, stand right now, probably, I okay. think. 
they they are quite good. Like the current versions are are not bad at all. I think. I I yeah. I mean I I think the the thing is with plague disciples the big change for them is that they've gone up to attack two base and they come with a great weapon. And I think I'm I'm yet to run uh, two units of forty plague disciples, but I fully in the next couple games I play I'm going to run two blocks of forty in line yeah. formation. That feels just, really good. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah, that and that's 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 pretty cheap as far as it goes, and just yeah. to kind of dedicate their scoring. You know, I'm going to dedicate special to them, and if I feel they need a little bit more oomph, then I'll chuck in a pestilent pulpit and give them poison attacks as well. Like I, 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 they're they're pretty good. I just think they don't work the same way they used to, and so there's a bit of a right. adjustment period for everyone with that. But I, but I think the pestilent pulpit is pretty crap as, as yeah, it goes. Yeah, it's so expensive. Like that one definitely has the hang up of being one of the best units in the previous book. So it's like yeah. even though the effects are not at all the same, it's priced as if it was the previous book. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask about that because obviously the whole two tower lists were like super mm. common. So that is that's just not a thing now, is it? Just because uh, the design isn't there yet? No, yeah, the design isn't there. You can yeah. theoretically have a triple tower list, which I am very, very excited by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I really miss that. That like I think it's there's like a double blow, and the the first one is that that playing pulpit is a bit bad or expensive at least currently, and then you have the fact that this holy triumvirate thing doesn't really lean into you playing two towers. Like it 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 kind of leans into you playing one and two more adepts or just three casters in their pants in a you know like in a unit. Uh, mm. So to me, that's a bit sad because yeah, I have two my two favorite models is my battle and my my pulpit. So I mean, like I'd like yeah. to play it again, uh, but I guess I'll just like have to wait uh, probably until they look over the design a bit. Not not to get too specialized here, but I I, I feel so the pulpit is currently uh, I think it's like two forty plus like it's it's, it's about it's near enough four hundred points. I think with the caster on it and everything, like I think it, the unit, like without any upgrades, it works out to like 500 or or 550 okay. or something. Cool. So 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 okay. So I I how the the thing that makes the pulpit so specialized is that it gives poison attacks to everything within six inches, so long so to only cult of Eremon models. Yeah. I think you could remove that that specification and say everything within six inches gets poison yeah one unit within six inches gets poison and suddenly that is very very tasty and very cost effective i think that would potentially fix that problem yeah i I agree i i I think that the the issue is that it pigeonholes you into playing to disciple units basically and if you didn't have to do that then that would be much more interesting because it is ex- very expensive already. Like yeah, uh, it's very expensive. Yeah. As soon as you start taking like an adept or something or any type of magic items, you're, you're looking at six, seven hundred points or whatever it is. You know, like on, for a, for this thing, it's uh, can definitely I, die pretty easily. I guess it's this issue. It's like the the Jim Jeffries joke. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but like you can't judge society by the best. You've got to judge it by fucking Sandra, who drank too much and ran over school children. And that's why we can't <laughs> drink and drive. Um. Like, would it would it be a case that you know people would just use that with big blocks of uh, Fethus brutes to maximize? Oh yeah, fuck. 
Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> right. People are scum. Hurts, that's, yeah. a, that's a big issue, actually. <laughs> so many attacks. Would, Holy fuck. Would, would giving poison attacks to a strength five... Oh, strength, oh it's, they're strength four now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. no, that's broken. Because, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fighting three ranks, right? So you're like 31 attacks. Yeah, them. exactly. And then you put the BSP in there with the banner to give you battle focus as well. And you're like, oh yeah, here we go, sixes. <laughs> I bet there's someone listening to this that's been screaming that for the last 20 minutes while we've been discussing it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, you could. You could even just say everything that's standard height. Maybe that would be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, like, because legionaries with poison attacks, that seems fine. Like, that doesn't seem too horrible. No. Shit. Any of our core with poison attacks still seem pretty shit. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> well, you can't like because, and this is actually something I want to ask you guys about. But you you can't get rerolls to hit in the army, can you? No. So. Uh, no. Just rerolls to win, right? Yeah, from witchcraft. Yeah. yeah, from witchcraft. Yeah. So I mean, the the thing that makes poison devastating is in the armies where you can, can you can re-roll. get that reroll. Like yeah. as ghouls and vampires, it's just it just makes such a huge difference. Um, is how have you guys found the whole magic setup? Like, because this is something that I didn't appreciate the first time I read through the book was that you can't take a master anymore. It's just something that I just assumed that you yeah. could do. I love it. Okay. I love it. I think it's 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 I think this is up there for me with the uh res the bump down to res two and the life is cheap stuff of a really bold design choice that kind of breathes a bit of life into the book. Um I really hope that doesn't change. I, I think they've they've kind of spoiled it a little bit by adding the magic item that <laughs> yeah, the cowl. The cowl that means you can you can yeah that seems so fucking dumb it's yeah. so the point? stupid i yeah. hate that i like <laughs> people people whined and whined and whined and this is con- the whole fucking dread of situation where they were like oh do you know what you can take an adept yeah <laughs> it's just like no <laughs> I, 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 yeah. it's and there were constant i've seen lots of debates of people saying you know you have to it's it's are you better is this better than a master and an adept and i don't think it's better or worse i just think it's different like yeah. you've You've yeah. got to put all your eggs in one basket, or you've got to spread them out across the battlefield. In which case, you, you, the spells you want to be hitting certain units might be out of range. And I, I really like Holy Triumvirate. I think it's yeah, really cool. I, it's, it is really cool. I think there are some issues with it. Uh, I would say specifically casting Wrath of God with the Book of Arcane Power. Like I've, <laughs> I've started doing this now. Like in the beginning, I, I didn't. Oh. And Ooh, now I, I do it every game, and it's like, it is crazy how reliable that is. Like, yeah. it is so reliable. Every yeah. turn, I'm like, I'm going to get a high-casting value Wrath of God with either three or four dice, depending. And, like, it's no longer like, oh, will he cast it, won't he cast it? It's like, it's going to get cast. <laughs> and so that do, you, is do you take Wrath of God on all of them? Uh, what do you mean? Do you, when you, when you uh, with the three priests that you use for the Triumvirate, do you take Wrath of God on every single one so that if one of them blows himself up, you've still got two in the pot? Are you allowed to do that? You can you... take it, you just can't cast it more than oh, okay. it. Yeah, it's no. Not, it's not replicable, so you can only try and cast okay, it. Once. Okay, I didn't know you could actually take it in. But yeah, to answer your question, then, like, no, no, I don't. Like, I think you need the other spells as well. Like, Wrath of God is. There comes a point in the game, right, where it's not that useful anymore. Mm uh i i found that even taking free adapts i kind of struggle a little bit sometimes with getting all the like you know enough spells that i i want to have 
like you you end up with like spells like Wrath of God or like the witchcraft spells, but you can't cast mm. for big periods of a game. And then like you like in the other periods of the game, you're like, ah oh, shit, why don't I have this? Uh, I actually tried playing the the Cowl of the Apostate to take occultism as well in my last two games. And it turned out it was actually, to me at least, like not that useful because I was already like spending my big dice on Wrath of God. So you know, some of the occultism spells, the five and six, they aren't like that's important. Like it was more like I was taking breath weapon. That that was like the big thing to have yeah. a eighteen inch breath weapon from my play disciples. Hand of glory as well. Is it yeah, glory? yeah, it's the the board save one. That's like. Pfft. That's amazing. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really like the, the the lower choice in the book. I think it's really good. Witchcraft, Damaturgy, and Occultism. I think that's really yeah. a nice selection. Dropping divination as well is is is. I'm yeah. quite happy with them. It that never really good. Yeah. It was so fucking. Oh, it's so stupid. Like I hate that was it, like, the Vermin Demon was the other big issue with this name book. Like oh god. Yeah. So what do you guys think about? Yeah, that's probably a good segue actually. The Vermin Demon because he's probably along with the Plague Disciples the one that's changed the most. Yeah. Um, including a base change, which is always controversial. Um, yeah. what do you guys think of his new design? I know John T's a big fan. Kaz, what do you think? I I I think to me actually this is interesting because I haven't played it because of Discipline Six, but other than Discipline Six, I think this is like my favorite design in the book because I okay. think it's it, it is super interesting and uh, now what it does like it's it changes the entire way you play uh, in a in a good way it has like really cool uh, upgrades that can make it do different things like uh, fight or cast magic or be a support unit you know like I. I think in that sense they really, really like succeeded to to change it, and as well as base size is a is a good thing because it only like bigger base sizes to me or is a, is a good thing usually rather than smaller because now you can actually you know fit some models that just didn't fit on the previous base. Like there was a lot of people who had that Forge World um, demon thing that just like it just didn't fit on the previous base and that just kind of fell over all the time and it, yeah, it was just stupid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the, to me, the, as I said before, the big problem is, is the discipline. John but you have some, yeah, you have some insights actually. To, I've I've yeah. only read it and went like, oh, this is so cool, and then I play it. And I'm like, oh, I probably won't be able to play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I am still getting to grips with the dictator. I I really like him. I think a bit. He he's kind of similar to um, the Mermillos in that. You know his profile. He does lots of stuff, and he does a lot of stuff pretty well. Um, but kind of unlike the Mamillos, he is so pivotal to the arm, any army he's in, and you have to protect him. And if you if you if you get caught slipping on even one turn, and you give line of sight to the wrong unit, or you you in order to keep him out of line of sight, you have to move him, and so his bubble so a, a vital unit or a vital combat kind of comes out of his bubble it creates this really interesting dynamic where there's a lot of like um you have to put a lot of thought into what you're doing with him um i i i quite like him uh, in, in in the different combinations as well i like that they've kind of given you the options to kind of tool him up to be more combat heavy more discipline focused or more magic based um I, I think he's an unbelievable improvement on the original Vermin Demon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the only the only thing I would say is that 
his agility is very high, and that seems very specific. <laughs> <laughs> that seems very specific. But he's I still so, AP five as well. He's eight, yeah. I mean, that's down from AP ten. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, but I mean, effectively, it may as well just be eight, like yes, six like, at this point. Yeah. It's like okay, I'm AP five. All right, great. And I've got a six up save. Yeah. So, but so 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 I the the thing that I'm kind of quite eager to get under my belt is a battle against another vermin player because i think that all of vermin's weaknesses are ticked by another vermin army i think (laughs) it's vermin it's other vermin if you think you want like we've got low res so lots of kind of even low strength attacks will be pretty good against us um we need steadfast so if you break steadfast we're fucked and um that kind of like high area attacks will really take out our blocks these are all things that like vermin are very good at and i think the dictator is one of those examples that could like really set a vermin list out from its peers um so that's why i like dictator a lot yeah that's interesting i'm gonna play sean uh this month in the oh great so that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens but unfortunately, he's, he's not. He's got to, went the senator way as well, so I don't get to. You're kidding. Yes, yeah, so I don't get to make him take discipline five fear checks. Well, spoiler alert: he's going to bring a lot of uh, brutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, me <laughs> yeah, too. shocker. I mean, just like gonna that's his right? the middle and see what happens. You know, it'd be fun. No, but I, I, I think it is really cool. Like that being that being said, though, when I reread it now, there are some things I think they can improve. Like the Lord of the Legions is an upgrade which gives you a great weapon and a pair weapon, and it's yeah. just not useful or worth it because a halberd is, other than perhaps paired weapons in some situations, it's just very good already. And the other upgrades that you have to trade to get those shitty weapon options are just so much better. It's like yeah. either either you gain. Uh, you know, like you can select the powerful occultism spells, or you get to reduce the crumble by the rank bonus of a unit, which is also super powerful. So, mm. like, why would you take a great weapon and a paired weapon? Like, that needs to be changed, I think. I'd always I always be tempted. Oh, sorry, John. No, 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 go for it, man. I was just going to say, I'd, I'd always be tempted to drop it to your three upgrades rather than having, you know, pick one from each mm. category. And just because all of the mortal origins are horribly named, like that's that yeah. they are all disgraces and should be taken out and shot. <laughs> um, the patron, see, this is the thing that annoys me. This is the bad student thing because the patron deities, the idea that so cool. you know this is a you know a rat that's taken power over the the senate. So he's you know he's broken Vermin's side to become a temporary dictator because we all know he's going to get stabbed in the back at some point or shot in the face by you know a cannon on the field. <laughs> Uh, but he's done that through like divine uh you know divine aid so he's he's been backed by one of the vermin gods see that's cool that's good background like, yeah yeah you're, you're so close boys you just need to keep on going so just yeah. having like he has to choose one of the the gods which he's basically made a deal with and having that provide you know again one or two sentences of special rules you don't need pages and pages um, but I think that I think the concept there is amazing. It just maybe needs tweaked. Yeah, that's true. Like they could, for example, make it the free ones essentially be like, here's the one that's 
commands like discipline things so you combine the uh akratos with the uh, i am the senate rule exactly and, uh, yeah. the other the yeah. fighty one with the weapons and then the uh the fortitude with the spells or whatever it is yeah yeah so I, I i would say as well i i always take i am the senate and it's so the one that lets you reduce your crumble by the number of ranks that's so so good yeah i yeah, i've like... never even considered dropping that out because you effectively get to count your ranks twice over. So, you know, if you have the Legion banner, you're getting seven onto your combat res. It's just, it's so, so good. That's what uh, Undead get with BSPs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually didn't realize, I, th- I thought Unstable was unbelievably powerful, but I didn't realize how much of what makes Unstable viable for Undead armies is tied up in rules that are kind of specific to the book of like yeah, how you yeah. the undead book um <laughs> the yeah. undead rule really helps <laughs> yeah definitely yeah so a, a, a little side note for the dictator is that the 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 it's quite rare that i think the fluff is like reflected this well in the in the books but in the in the in the in the mechanics but i reckon so so in the fluff it's that like you know they go against vermin society and blah 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 um a unit of a unit that is in combat with the dictator, another vermin unit, if it had Duskblade assassins in, if it had three assassins, I reckon the dictator is toast. And that seems quite cool to me. Yeah, if yeah, you've got cool. three assassins in combat with a the dictator, there's no way that dictator is surviving. Can we actually just talk about the assassin real quick? Because this is one of the entries that actually annoyed me. <laughs> okay. Um Things like the dark doorways rule. Mm. Why don't they just give it the same rule that the dread elf assassin has? Because it just, it's simpler and it works better. Yeah, I agree. Like, and the, and it's nothing wrong with with uh, unifying the like assassins across. No, these, exactly. These like, because if you then if you see an assassin in an army list, you're like, oh, I remember they have that rule where they don't deploy and they can choose a unit. Yeah, because this cause also works tricksy. like work specifically badly on online games and stuff like that where you have to mark it down yeah. things yeah i just it yeah, just I, felt like another instance of needless kind of bloat yeah i i also think the problem with the desperate assassin is that like because they want this idea of them working together uh, to to do something, you need to take usually need to take two or three for them to yeah. to have an effect. And the problem is that that is so many points. Like uh, you actually have a, a smaller character cap in this book than you have in other books. Mm. Uh, you have thirty five instead of forty percent, which means that you like you definitely feel that in this building. Like your characters are often quite tight yeah. uh, to get in. And I've never been at a point where I'm like I have points to spend on free assassins. Like that's way too expensive. Yeah. And so it either like either it needs to become some type of a unit, or you like it doesn't need to have exactly free, or I don't know what. Like it just needs to to somehow work like it's it's just not a viable option right now i feel like it feels just kind of like maybe you take it just to be cute but there's probably just objectively better options in the book if your meta if your meta was saw lots of cowboys i can imagine dustblade assassins would would be very very good sure. because three of these are gonna paste a vamp yeah <laughs> No, when they fail that fear check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, touche. 
Yeah, yeah I, I like them. It's, I think, to me, it's just like such a cool. I, I really like the the idea of the units, but I just yeah. I just can't see myself putting it in the list, I guess, and that kind of frustrates me, I guess. Fifteen strength four, fifteen offensive five, strength four attacks, that are all multi wound two against characters. Was this perhaps, uh, you know, kind of the, the idea that you have to basically run them in threes? Was this uh, put in before the kind of whole thing about single characters? Uh, yeah, if, or what do you mean? Just because I'm thinking that that might have been a reaction against like making them all individually weak so they have to play together before they added in the, the whole rule that single characters have to flee. I think it was like in the guidelines, basically, that that it's, this, it should be kind right, of like okay. this. Right. Okay. Because I think I this, feel I like think this was characters. in the this was in the book before the the terror thing. I'm sure. It was in the book. It was. Yeah. I, I think I, that I, was because the, the whole thing with the the priests not being masters and having to work in groups in order to access the other spells. I feel like that was in it from the get go as well. So I think yeah. that was just something that's like continued. It, it was in the like guidelines. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because like with that with that rule where they have to take the terror checks, you're not going to have assassins running out by themselves. So why not just make he's really the one character where you would you wouldn't you know make any qualms about him being offensively quite scary. So just make him really glass hammery, and like he is genuinely terrifying when he attacks. But then you're gonna if you survive, you kick the shit out of him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was just uh, that was my kind of. Yeah, it's like, I feel like this this guy could be just one model or perhaps two or something. I, I think when you start to get free, necessarily the price goes up a lot. And yeah, yeah. he's kind of like the um, the Empire Inquisitor, and in that like his Empire character cap mm. is always so tight that it's really hard to fit him in, even though he's a cool, cool concept. Um, before yeah. we kind of talk more generally, before kind of summing up. Um, I think we would be remiss not to talk about one more unit, which is controversial, um, which is the uh, Dreadbill Chariots. Mm. So have you tried this? You built uh, you built six of them. You said have you have you played them a lot? I haven't played them yet. I've I, I, oh. I, I've 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 I only want to play stuff I've painted up, and I haven't yet painted them up. Wow, hobby hero. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I'm the opposite of this book. Like I, I've told myself that I'm not gonna like buy new stuff and I'm not gonna put too much effort into it until it actually like settles down a little bit and I decide if I want to play it, you know? Because yeah. I don't want to spend lots of time. Like I already spent some time building uh, the Mermilla Brutes and then I, I had a few games where, where I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna play this a lot. Like am I, like am I gonna spend lots of time on stuff I won't use, you know? Uh, yeah. But but to me, so I I'm definitely one of the people who like very much dislikes this unit, and uh, to me it's perhaps like I've looked at them again and I've realized they might be like kind of fun to play, but the thing I don't like about them is more of a game like a whole game wide like nine page issue, and that's that there's just more and more impact hits and auto hits in the game just in general. Yeah, and I think that that was not needed in this book like. Like this, of course, this also comes from the fact that I play a lot of Seekers and Dwarves. And I'm like, what impact hits? Come on, <laughs> that's not. I I should get to strike you back if like that's that. It shouldn't work this way. But anyway, but like I just think that that's it's becomes almost endemic where suddenly like for a unit to be good, it has to have like some type of auto hits or impact hits and stuff. And like chariot spam is so prevalent in other books that 
like I, I just like got a like kind of a bad taste in my mouth when I was like, oh, okay, another unit of chariots, I guess. And oh, they, when they die, they do more impact hits. Okay, cool. Mm. You know, like were you guys quite surprised when you saw this book and you realized there was two new chariot entries on top of the ones you already had? Yeah, definitely. Like the Earthbreaker to me is much more. That's much much of a better unit entry. Uh, yeah. I personally because it's less. Uh, I think like. To me, it's like you already have the Doomspark device to represent your your previous dreadmills. Like I don't didn't really see why the, this there's another thing that's kind of similar to to a dreadmill in the book, I guess. Yeah, the naming confuses me as well because I I always get them mixed up. I think I always think when I hear dreadmill chariot that it's the old Doomwheel and it's not. It's the fucking go karts. Yeah. Because originally that's what they were called, right? It was like go karts or something go karts in, in the book. Cards, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- this like f- from early on in playtesting, this was always something that people were like, "This is totally bent. Why is this yeah. in the book?" Like, and they've made them. They have made them worse. Like they were better originally, but they're still really fucking good. Yeah. Interesting. Have, yeah. No, no, so, I was just gonna say the interesting. Thing, not a lot of people seem to be playing them on the like in the yeah. open playtest, but I think that might be to have to do with models like not yeah. having anything. Oh, yeah. really? Mm. I guess. I um, is is this another example of like what you were saying with character points? It's just things are once you've taken like the things you want, you just don't have a lot of points left over. So although they're cheap, you just tend not to be able to fit them in as well. Is that an issue? I think so. Yeah. I. Uh, I think they've also got some stiff competition in the in the bread and games. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that one is not great. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not great. Um, the, the Earthbreaker, I think, is very, very cool. Yeah, I like the Earthbreaker. Very, too. very cool. Uh, and the Arena Beast is as good as it always was. So I, I, I would be surprised if Dreadnought Chariots are fixed anytime soon because i just don't think people are going to play him in lieu of two other pretty cool entries yeah to be honest i just wish they would like i just wish they would scrap this unit I, i'll be honest like i i, I get the feeling they won't but they I... better fucking not i've just converted so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it though this is the exact problem that i'm talking about where they put themselves in the corners because they can say oh it's alpha blah 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 but as soon as you release it to the public people you know, understandably get excited about the book and think, oh no, a new unit, I'll go out and I'll buy and I'll convert and I'll spend time making this unit. So now if they scrap that unit, which I agree 100% with Kaz, the game does not need more chariots. I don't understand why they thought chariots were a good idea for Vermin. But now if they scrap them, you're going to piss, you know, hundreds of people off who just went out and bought and converted chariot chassis because it's just like, is nobody having these conversations before books are released? (laughs) <laughs> like you guys have mentioned the guidelines in the, in this conversation like um oh, adding yeah, t- adding Fraz is going mad Fraz is screaming at the podcast <laughs> <laughs> adding adding two new chariot entries on top of the ones that were already in the book like does that not violate the guidelines or was that in the guidelines in which case why the fuck was it in the guidelines <laughs> I don't know like I don't remember it well enough I guess I can, yeah um they the stipulation was they that they have the army is slow but they have fast units in there but the chariots generally don't move faster than 
the the rank and file. The dreadmill chariots, I think they've they've found the loophole of they have advance five, march five, and they just seem to be ignoring the fact that they've got the plus I don't know seventy six charge range or whatever the fuck it is like. Yeah. Swift yeah. stride it's, plus d six. Yeah. It is stupid. I it remains to be seen to me if this is a broken unit or not. What pains me most is that they made the base 50 by 75, because <laughs> if it was 50 by 100, you would be able to run the same model as a Doomspark device. And yeah. instead, I've had to go away and convert six. And now if they remove this from the book, there's nothing I can play as. I'm, to be honest, I'm pretty sure they won't remove it. Uh, no. like I don't think point. they will. I yeah. don't think uh, like uh, I did, yeah. It's just uh, it's weird because like this is in some ways this is exactly a kind of unit that I would like. Like it's an experimental weapon. It can explode. Like I really like the fact that it can do like it hits stuff around it when it dies. Like that's really cool. But then, it, you know that that rule becomes really stupid when you combine it with the fact that it's a chariot because then you go. Mm-hmm. I charge you. I do three d six time plus three impact hits a strength five. Then you kill one or two of my chariots, so I do another 2d6, or rather I kill, you kill one of my chariots, I do d6, uh, strength 4, or whatever it is, to you and to my unit, which kills another chariots, which means I do another d6, strength 4, to you and my unit. And suddenly you're like, I charged your expensive unit of insert elves here, you know, and then yeah. I killed 20 elves in one turn. Like, it's just, yeah, it, 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 it just seems to me like it's, it's going to be not fun to play against in that sense but but all equally if they don't if they fail a charge or if they if the other person gets to shoot at them or to cast any kind of pyro magic at these guys yeah they are blowing up and they're not only blowing themselves up but they could they're blowing stuff around them up yeah and definitely. In, a, in an army that has to deploy tight these if these aren't on the very extreme flanks they're going to be blowing up stuff and potentially panicking stuff off the board. So I yeah. think I, I don't think they're as broken as people think they are. You just have to catch them early. Yeah, like I mean, you're you're probably right. Uh, I, I just uh, I guess I just don't like the the concept of it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I agree. Is this is this part of the whole swinginess of the army, whereby yeah. like when things go well, it goes really well. Like if you start rolling really high for your d6 rolls and you're making good good charges and just taking shit off and then you've still got potentially magic and shooting to go you're just like fuck like that's devastating for your other player yeah. and I, I think that starts to be, get to the point where you're talking about is the game fun anymore <laughs> yeah like this this unit is, is perhaps a culprit i think they're the other ones don't they like even though they can spike i don't think they can reliably do as much damage as this one can just because we're talking about auto hits here yeah. But when these guys spike, they also take themselves off. So yeah, you've taken off the best unit of your enemy's best unit, but you've also yeah. taken off the only unit that's capable of taking that off. Well, because... your magic and shooting can't take off elite stuff. Ah, uh, we're crap. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I, I side with with Paul here a little bit more. That like I think that there's you don't need these to deal with a lot of things. They're just no. like an extra uh, kind of thing. Like uh, I was trying to defend them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I I guess the the one thing I didn't see the first time I read is that these are light troop chariots as well. 
Yeah. Which is actually really powerful uh, for on the flank. Like I think if I were to play them, I would probably just make sure that these guys are not close enough to panic anything or get panicked by anything, and then just kind of lob them up on the flank or something, and just say, okay, well, I, you know, either you shoot shoot these, or you know, or I get probably to charge you and do a massive amount of damage. Yeah, I do kind of like the whole idea of the suicide chariot, like the um the Seleucid South Chariot kind of idea. But like, yeah, I just This is way too is... technical, like what do you mean? Yeah, don't be giving them fucking ideas, Andrew. Uh, I'm going to be calling it that. Seleucid vampires, no! <laughs> yeah, so basically they, the, the Seleucids took an idea that the Persians had and they probably stole it from somewhere else. But basically they would get heavy chariots, they'd put scythed wheels on them and they'd basically put all nasty shit on the, on the chariot and they put an armored guy on top and that armored guy basically accepted that he was a suicide bomber and that he was going to die and basically you would just charge a number of these side chariots into ranked formations and the men would just you would disrupt the formation then you would move in and while the enemy was disrupted you would take them off yeah but isn't this kind of all of all of our chariots in the game because i from what Absolutely. i understand yeah. uh, most like most historical chariots don't operate that like that they operate more like fast cab or something like exactly, that. exactly yeah yeah they're basically troop transports a lot yeah. of the time especially in the earlier period before you get kind of heavy proper heavy car- uh, chariots but yeah I, but yeah I, I don't know if you had <sighs> to keep this unit in there how would you fix it Ooh, interesting question i wouldn't have it i wouldn't give it a four of armor save for a start it, it yeah. would have less defense. It probably would be res three, not res four. D three plus one impact hits. They just get taken. Yeah. This is the, again, I, this is the I, corner, right? Because they just get taken off if you yeah. just, you start. Yeah, but you. Yeah, I think. But I think. Yeah, like yeah. I would go in the other direction where, like, they. I feel right right now they do so much damage, and but they're relatively easy to to take off. I would probably just yeah. reduce the damage, so say keep the same explosion thing, but yeah, D3 plus one impact hits instead, which is what other light chariots <coughs> and dynasties have. So. <laughs> I almost think that the the thing with this is is the explosion. So I would rather they keep it as it is, but make their normal impact hits worse. Don't give them D6. Yeah. Don't give them strength four. Yeah. Strength no, but four. like, like even keep it strength five, but don't make it a D6. Make it a D3. Make that worse. Keep the explosion strength four. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't, yeah. Almost make it like a a higher power snotling. What are they called? Pump wagons. Pump wagon. Yeah. Or like like make the, it like a proper suicide chariot. Yeah. Because yeah. there's things like the the thunder pack. They're they have impact hits, but it's not D6, right? They have. Oh, it's D3, I think. It's D3. Yeah. But they're shit. <laughs> but, but no, definitely. Like the the thing is that these these operate like a proper big heavy chariot because they have the D six plus one, like not even yeah. just D six, and that that that's the part which makes them so devastating. Yeah. I'd I'd be keen to see their strength, their the chassis strength go down to four and the explosion strength go up to five. Yeah. So that when they do cool. damage, yeah. that they're they're primed to be explosive suicide wagons. Yeah. That that would actually be interesting, where it's like it's less less like oh this is a good uh, you know weapon of war and more like we just packed a lot of bullshit onto this car yeah. and <laughs> fucking sending it into you. Yeah, I like that. I might start spamming the forum with that suggestion. Yeah, yeah. that like it does help. <laughs> just make yourself heard. <laughs> um, 
Right, before we kind of do kind of broad overviews of the, of the book before wrapping up, because I am conscious that we, we've been talking for a while now, uh, and Kaz is an hour ahead of us, so he needs to go yeah. to bed soon. Yeah. Um, are there any kind of individual bits of the book, whether that be units or, or special rules, that anyone wants to bring up? Hmm. Is there anything on your shit list that we haven't quite covered yet? The drill team is a little bit underwhelming. I think it's a very strange, it's a very, not underwhelming is the wrong word. The drill, the legionary drill team is a very strange unit that I don't know if it's, if it adds enough to the game to warrant being there. But I don't know, but I haven't used it. Yeah, I'm going to try it now. You mean like maybe going, burrowing should just be banners, upgrades or something instead? Or <sighs> Yeah. Like it seems to me pretty powerful the fact that you can like uh, you could you don't have to start in ambush you can go and ambush later so you can like fake the like faint in deployment for example like you you know you put down all your shit in one place and then you say depending on how your opponent deploys you either stay or you just disappear and I think that's actually quite interesting uh, but again I also haven't really played it yet so there's quite a lot of things in the book that synergize with the whole uh, tunnel marker system, right? Because you've got yeah. like banners, items, characters that yeah. you can I, really lean into that. And I wonder I, if that's going to be as good as like a Helmo type list. Probably not, because with the Warriors, you, you don't, though. You don't yeah. need to rely on the bubble. You can have completely independent units. Which I, I don't know how that works with Vermin. Yeah, I, to me, I think it's actually my my I, my criticism of the book would be that I I don't think the tunnel markers are utilized enough uh, because yeah. it's like it, it's a very unique mechanic and I would like them to 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 make it even more prevalent. Like uh, this idea that you can cast the the current hereditary through a tunnel marker is a good start. Like more stuff like that where the tunnel marker helps you with other things other than just like oh you can redeploy because currently mm. it's very much like uh, all all or nothing mechanic where. You get a tunnel marker to start with, but you either in the beginning you say I'm going to make a tunnel list, and you start taking like without number and uh, the drill teams and the tunneling tools and all this stuff, or you say I don't I'm not going to use it at all, and I take nothing. I think that they would need to find some place where there's a benefit to using it a bit because there's some like you know medium mechanics that that can use it other than like ambushing your whole army. Yeah, I'd actually be quite keen to see the experimental weapon teams get to use the tunnel markers. Ooh. That'd be cool. That could be quite a way, quite an interesting way to make them work. Yeah, like that's that's one of the things. Can, wait, can you shoot when you arrive uh, currently? Because you could take the banner on the Marmillo brutes, you know. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I've been, I'm not sure if you're allowed to shoot when you arrive though. But but I I have been thinking about that, like spe- specifically with like the flamethrowers or something. Like that yeah. would be pretty cool. You count as having marched for the purposes yeah. of shooting. Uh, it's taking all the fun out of the world. <laughs> I mean, this should be the army of shenanigans, right? So you should be able to do. But this is it. It's the brutes, right? Because they've ruined everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They probably. I mean, they do probably don't need to change somehow. Yeah. They're just good at everything. Or like that—that they, they just can't interact with the majority of the kind of army rules because I think that's the thing that's stopping them doing kind of fun stuff, quote unquote. 
yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like currently, the, they changed the magical item that gives you battle focus to before. Like when you roll the one, oh. you hit yourself, and now you just take a strength free attack. So I've been playing it on the Mermil Brutes every time, yeah. and so they're like they have <laughs> battle focus for no drawback. You're like, okay, that's cool. That's strength yeah. five, maybe two, I guess. And then they get the ego standard on top of that. So yeah, they're, they're buffing so the guys. Yeah. It's so yeah. stupid. Right. Okay. Well, despite the lackluster drill team, um, let's uh, let's kind of talk big picture before we we finish up. Then. So, has uh, we're kind of going we're going full circle to kind of review the the stuff we discussed at the, at the beginning. But has the the book changed in terms of play style? power level and playability and do you think that i mean we're getting the sense that from the discussions we've had we're all kind of positive about the direction of the book you know despite a couple of things but what how significant have those changes been across the board do we think i think yeah. very Sorry, yeah. no, go for it, Kaz. Go for okay. it. Uh, well, yeah, I would say very much exactly. Like, it's the, the power level has come down in a good way. The playstyle is, is very different, where before Vermisworn was like a like an elite small unit army, most prevalently, I think, in the, the Slim book. Like, you yeah. had very powerful models and not a lot of them. And now it is it is very much a, a horde army, so that's, that is very different. Playability might be depending on how you define it like if you if you say like okay how easy is this to play uh it's probably has come been gone down because it's more difficult now it's like closer to empire right with all the bubbles and and so on that you have to keep in check and if you make any mistake it fucks you up so it's definitely more difficult to play than it was uh, if that's a bad or a good thing is it i think a different question maybe mm, okay if that was the question what would you say Theoretically, of course. <laughs> I I would say that to some extent, I would think that it is a little bit of a bad thing because, like, I do like the mechanics how they how they are right now, but at the same time, it also leads to the game taking longer to play, and you have to like ex like explain mm. things in a different way to people. Like every time I play the the Mermersport book so far, I've, except for Colin, I think he's the only person I didn't have to like go into like a whole massive explanation into what everything does like it just it took like a long time to explain everything that happened in the in the book and all it interacts and so on and then i still had in other places like people stopped me in the middle of the game they're like oh you can do this i'm like yeah i told you it does this and you know like that leads of course to uh to situations that you don't want to have in the in the middle of a, of yeah. a game so i think that that could perhaps be improved somehow okay jonty what do you think uh, I, I I agree with Kaz. I I, I completely. I I have. I'm, I'm trying desperately to find something to add. I think. On, <laughs> I, I I would. That's why give, you should just go first, you know? <laughs> yeah. I I would give the book a strong six to a medium seven out of ten in its current status. I like it quite a lot. I I got sick of playing ogres and was kind of at the point where i was kind of just fed up with uh the rut i'd found my hobby in and i i'm playing switching over to vermin with this new book has been really fun so yeah 
I mean, that's probably the most important word that we don't hear enough of. Like people just say, yeah. like, did you have fun yeah. playing this book? Yeah. And it's okay. fun to play. It's really fun to play. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But Paul, do you have any kind of thoughts on that in terms of the, the broader landscape? I think design wise, I like the new direction that they've taken the book. I like how they've embraced the horde mentality. I like how a lot of the designs are quite swingy. Like, you know, theoretically, some of the output from the units seems insane, but re- the realist, the, the, the kind of reality of it is that, you know, chances are you're just going to fuck up yourself on a lot of the cases. And I think that, to Johnny's point, does come across as being a lot more fun than the other book. So I think yeah. that's good. I think they've definitely jumped the shark in some cases, but it being an alpha release, hopefully these things get toned down and they find the sweet spot. And I'm okay with a new book being slightly too strong rather than it coming out and being too weak. Yeah. Because I think that does detract from the fun and people just won't engage with it the same way. So I think that's okay. Um, I've only played against it a couple of times and I, and I feel like there is enough variety in the book that you can build lists so differently that I'm still getting a good insight into actually how it operates on the table. So I think that's good. In terms of playability, it being, I can appreciate the book as an outsider looking at it and thinking it's probably more difficult to play because it's more devastating when things go wrong. So I think it probably requires a lot more skill to play. And I would say that that's more of a good thing than a bad thing. Because I think for the player who's playing it, it's a lot more rewarding. Because when you do put the time in and you actually get to grips with the book and you're actually able to get good results out of it, that's a lot better than just being like, oh, I've just got shit that's really good and it's just good on paper and it's got good stats and I don't really need to worry about bubbles and I I can get away with a lot of shit. I don't need to worry about a lot of the core mechanics in the game because, you know, the, the book just allows for that so i think there's a lot more positive to the book than negative so i think it's on the right track for sure okay i mean i i agree with everything you guys have said i think the the one thing that i really like not the one thing sorry one of the things i really like about the vermin book is that there's still lots of options yeah and like Although the book is still very young, and I think that especially things like the tunnel system, people just need time to kind of figure out how to use that properly. But I feel like there's far more options than something like the Dread Elf book, which I still really like. I like what they did with the Dread Elf book, but I think the one criticism of it is that they took quite a lot of the options out and and didn't inject enough of it back in. Whereas I feel with the Vermin book, there's still lots of unit options and you can kind of see different lists pop up when you're reading the reading the book. Yeah. Which can't... Sorry, Cass. I was just going to jump in and say about the Dreadles. I feel like they suffer from... They're a book that does only one thing, but with different unit entries. So it's like, what kind of flavor of yeah. being really good at kill stuff do you want to have, you know? <laughs> and that that that's not like... Doesn't create variety for your opponent i guess like even if there's a different type of dreadful unit that kind of does the same thing yeah no absolutely um so to finish up i guess the big question then is one do you see the end in sight in terms of this being an army book obviously we're still an alpha but can you see a finished product shining through here that you're happy with and two 
what do you think absolutely needs to get changed in order for you to get there? So, John Table, let's start with you this time. Um, I definitely can see an end product in sight. Um, I think there are a few big things that need to change, like the hereditary spell at the moment. There might as well not be a hereditary spell in the book for all the use this sees. Um, and there are a few unit entries that spike the power of lists and lead and, and are too good to for for mere mortals to to to, <laughs> to, to stop themselves from taking. Um, I. I I think the uh, you know we've 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 named and shamed them already, but but um, I I I think the it's going to be tricky because as the the big issue kind of facing the team at this point is that they back themselves into a corner as you've said, Andrew, and I think um, I would imagine there will be one or two drastic um, retoolings of unit entries in the same way that we've seen kind of Fetus Brutes change a lot since since alpha one um i would imagine there'll be a couple more of them before this is done i think dreadmill chariots and marmilla brutes will not look the same in a year hmm. yeah and i i could say that I, I can also see the end product i think like i, I think that the skeleton they have here is, is really good but i do think that there's probably quite a lot of changes that like for better or worse will happen to to this book before it gets there like like for okay like the tunnel system, I feel like there's probably going to be some heavy changes in how that works and what interact with it. I think, yeah, the Mobilla Brutes and the Chariots probably are going to change somehow. I get the feeling that this the Araman stuff is, and the Plague stuff is probably going to also shift a lot, and we'll see if you know what they end up listening to in terms of feedback there. So like, there's a lot of big things that, that probably will change the character of the book a lot before it's done, I think. But to me, the, the most important thing to me is is that the the non-senator characters need to become viable and, and disciplined. Like I, mm. I, 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 we disagree on this, but I think that to me is like there's so much cool stuff that's locked behind those those like uh, unit entries that you can like in list building and so on that we probably won't see in the majority of lists as long as they are uh, discipline six. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Paul, what do you think? I mean, obviously not a Raven player, so I can't really speak to how I feel like the actual designs need to change on the table, apart from the units that were kind of mentioned. And I think the the direction of the book is very good, and I like how much they've departed from the old LAB. Um, it definitely feels like its own thing and just not like a carbon copy of what came before. So I think the flavour of the book is very good. Um, I don't think most of the entries need to change that much. I think, like what the guys have said, there are issues around like discipline and how the synergies work will need to be tweaked. Um, I, I hope that the tunnel system gets to a point where it becomes quite a common theme. Um I like how there's there there definitely does seem to be like these different options in the book and like you could go down like the the shooting route really heavy if you wanted or you can you could do the jaunty thing where you you kind of embrace the demon and you um you go for the unstable type lists. Uh I'd I'd love to see a lot of fun 
um, tunnel system type lists that are still viable. Um, but then obviously still trying to keep their originality and like they don't just decide, right, we'll just copy the Hillmall and we'll just we'll just take things from that book, try and keep it original. So I think the for me it's like seventy percent there. It's just certain unit entries that need to be tweaked. And um I'd love it if they change some of the names, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that that was sounds good. I've got nothing really to add. I I agree with you guys. I think that, you know, the, the bones of it look really good and aside from the, the stuff we've mentioned um, I think it feels you know it feels good um, yeah I think they're on its own it's just it does need to work and I, I just hope that they, they do change a couple of things because I think it, it's it's going to be it's going to be good for the game this book I think yeah I think it was one of the big ones that they, they needed to tackle at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like this is going to single-handedly lead to a sh- lead to more people taking paired weapons. <laughs> 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 but it's a, this is like what I mean by it's good for the game is that this is a very different army to the armies yeah. they've done before, and yeah, you know, vermin are a popular army, especially in Europe. So you're going to see people take this because you know there's such a you know popular army just in terms of like there's guys that'll take this but just because that's all they've ever played and that's all they want to play um so it'll be good to see that come in because it'll shift it away from these kind of hyper elite single model things that we've seen a lot yeah. hopefully anyway yeah i hope so too like that that's definitely become a little bit of a, a blight uh, on the game recently uh, in the methods that, that i play are just like how how do i get the most single models and characters in a list? exactly yeah. yeah in the recent one day event i went to here in bavaria uh the guy who won he went uh, three games 20 in each game and he played uh, two uh chosen lords on chimeras uh, with uh, four plus uh, ages and four plus uh, region and then two Feldark Elders. And the rest of his list was essentially irrelevant. Like, that that was the list. Yeah. And it's just, I that's not, like, the, the, you know, if I wanted to play that, I would play Age of Sigmar. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's maybe, I hope that books like this shift that, just because they shift the kind of armies that are, you know, in, in, the, in the game and, like, in tournaments and stuff. But I think that's a bit more endemic as well. Like, how do we... How does the rules kind of push back against single models? Yeah, but I think there's there's conversations going on in the back rooms about that kind of stuff just now. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, I mean, like that, probably they just need some kind of change in actual base rules, like for how movement works for single models. Like maybe you can't pivot how many times you would like only once or whatever. Like that, that would change the dynamic a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, maybe that's uh, we'll we'll get you both on. We'll maybe talk about that now. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, future. Sure. Um, Paul, anything to add before we we wrap up? No, I think I think we've kind of covered most of the stuff. I mean, we we could we could probably talk for another hour or two. Like we haven't really like, talked about like special items or yeah, exactly. Like the the general complexity within the book and if that's an issue. But um, I think I think we've done good. Yeah, a lot of ground to cover for this one. If people do want another episode on on Vermin, let us know, and we'll get uh, John T and Kaz back on. We'll have part two where we talk about 
uh, special items for, for tours. <laughs> I mean, there's like 15 of the fuckers. I mean, it's not like there, there lot, isn't yeah. shit to talk about. It'll be months yeah. from now as well because I'll have to delay over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna have four more brofties before we get again. Yeah, <laughs> but that's uh, it. Would probably be good. Like come back with a little bit more experience. You know, maybe hopefully Alpha Four or Five at that point. You know. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, this book is going to change, right? So it might actually just be good to, to do this again, um, in a few months' time because we will have different variants, uh, variants of the book. I'm dead keen. Dead keen. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Great. Okay, well, I'm, I'm very conscious of the time. I don't want to keep Kaz up any later than he, yeah, he needs so to be. Coming to the breaking edge now. Yeah, <laughs> so a massive thank you to John T and to Kaz for giving up their evenings to come on and talk to us. Um, we will absolutely pick this up at a later date. And I think it, it you know, it's, it spawned a few questions as well, which we'll maybe pick up on moving forward. Um, but overall, pretty solid review, uh, positive review of the Vermin book, just that they need to sort out their, their naming. And the other bit. As per usual. As per fucking yeah. It's like they don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, a massive thank you to you both for coming on. Um Paul, you've got a tournament coming up. Yeah, so just very quickly, there's gonna be a small Scottish tournament uh next weekend of the eighteenth and nineteenth. So we're gonna be doing a little bit of stuff for that. Um that actually might come out before this episode. So I'll, uh, I'll make sure this one comes out tomorrow. Good to know. You're gonna stay up and do a lot of editing. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done. If if anyone one asks, take, I'm one working take, hard. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no editing, easy. But yeah, we're gonna do a little bit of coverage for that, I think. But um, it'll be pretty casual. First event back after COVID time, so it'll just be fun to throw some dice. It's a pretty chill event, so it should be good. See people and. Hopefully, see their newly freshly painted armies that they've made over lockdown. Absolutely. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, and, <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? I think about it. I, was like, uh, I still need to finalise my list. I'll, uh, mm, You've got 24 for, hours. Going. 24 hours. Here we go. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to follow the guys, um, Kaz, you are a tuna on uh, Twitter and on the forum. Yeah, right? the same, yep. same name. Absolutely. If you're on Twitter, follow Kaz because he puts amazing stuff up there. Um, Thanks, if, if you want to follow uh, John T, John T, you're Heliconid on the forum and you're also in charge of uh, ninth Instagram, question mark? No longer. No longer. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm alumnus. I'm done with that shit. Damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in, in between... Uh, roles for the ninth age at the moment um i'm thinking about I'm, I'm about to move into a new house so i'm thinking about potentially filming some battle reports and, uh, getting something underway with that but yeah watch this space who did Just, you piss uh, off why, why are you no longer ahead of the thing or involved in the thing <laughs> no no i i, I just i i'm i'm not on social media right so just after a while it just kind of got to the point where that Managed. was a bit of a barrier to uh, being involved in <laughs> managing social media. Yeah, yeah, it's a big surprise. Yeah, yeah fair. Yeah. No, I kind of, I, I, you know what, I, I just, yeah, I just got bored, and that was, the, and I got to the point where, like, I wasn't enjoying it, so I just kind of gave my notice, and uh, yeah. yeah, I now, and now I'm, you know, unfiltered on the forums, so you can go wild. The leashes yeah. off. Yeah, exactly. 
see Paul's no longer part of PlayStation as well, so we can like rage against the machine again. Yeah, good old <laughs> man, get ready. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to get in contact with the podcast, you can do so through a variety of means. You can grab Paul and I on the forum. I am Lost Cause. Paul is Space Goblin. You can get us on Twitter. I am at MGR Lost Cause, and Paul is at Space Goblin One. You can email the podcast or the club at scottishwildlands at gmail.com or you can grab us at an event because those are things that will start happening soon, hopefully. But once again, massive thank you to John T and Kaz for giving up their evenings and we will catch you in the next one. See you then. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Cheers, guys. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was great.